Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And subscribe to us wherever you listen, including YouTube. And if you like this show, give us a five-star review, like, subscribe, whatever. And as always, we talk judging in MMA. You should familiarize yourself with the criteria. Go read it at abcboxing.com. Dan, uh, obviously this was a, a non-UFC uh, weekend, not a non-fight weekend. There, as you know, I was I was kind of giving myself a break from MMA for the weekend, but I know that there was some some fun fights going on in, uh, elsewhere in the world uh, outside of the major uh, right. North American promotions. Anyway, sounds like a lot of the I don't know from what I saw, a lot of fight fans were having a really good time. There were some really excellent fights going on, but I I just kind of gave myself a bit of a break. We don't get too many of them. Yeah, I think it was Cage Warriors had double event this weekend. They had a double event. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, um, I, and, didn't, I didn't get to watch it. I I so. probably will try to find like kind of highlights or or you know be someone be like, listen, what am I supposed to go watch? And I'll I'll try to go watch that because I do like I like to kind of see what's going on in some of the other promotions. It's just it's again it's so hard and I've been so busy with work lately, so I was like I need to I need to rest. So yeah, I pretty much. Through my work shift, uh, we're recording on Saturday, so uh, through my work shift Saturday, I just put on a bunch of movies. This is what I've been doing nice. lately. It's just a bunch of movies in the background nice. of my work shift. Uh, so what did I do today? I had uh, uh, Law Abiding Citizen. Good one. Uh-huh. I had Mad Max Fury Road. Have you seen that one? No. I haven't seen any of the Mad Maxes. All right. Um, I, w- I would say, you know what? I'm, I don't want to go crazy. Like, there's, there's the older ones. Some of the older ones are really good. But I would say, if you're ever going to watch one, I would recommend Fury Road. It's really good. I mean, I've seen Book of Eli. Pretty much almost same type of thing. I never saw Book of Eli, but I'll tell you, this is probably better. Okay. Um, Book of just, Eli was good. It's just high quality. It's, it's really, okay. really good. Um, yeah, I think those are the main ones that I kind of put on today. Um, but, you know, I think before we dive into this, and, and I know you, you probably would prefer to be talking about WrestleMania, which you didn't watch yet, as I recording. did not watch date night one yet. I'm gonna, I will catch night two uh, live, uh, and hopefully I catch up for night one. But MLB the show is out too. Oh, that's right. Yes. I have that, so I've been deep into that already. How how is it compared to last year? Because obviously it you played is, it hardcore. Uh, it's the same game. That's great. Um, I like to spend sixty dollars on the same. Oh, new, sorry, seventy dollars. My mistake. New commentary, new oh, cards. Um. Uh. I haven't dive into it enough, but actually I've played the showdowns already. I've beat both showdowns that are available currently. Okay. I think they're just starter, like to get people used to the type of mode. Mm-hmm. That's why they're so easy. Yeah, I I kind of feel like sitting out MLB the show this year. Oh. It got too much, uh, too many hooks in me last year, and I didn't play all the games I wanted to. So yeah, I'm just gonna just sit it out. I think. I'm no, I'm already hooked so. I'm I'm happy for you. I'm, yeah, I'm, I like to hear about your addictions. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Before we speaking, ca- wait. Speaking of addiction, did you watch Kingdom yet at all? No, I didn't. But I know you were talking about that. Yes, on my other podcast, on the Ground and Pwned podcast, where we talk about games and fights. Free ad for myself. Uh, <laughs> no, I haven't gotten into that one yet. Okay. I, I need I need a time where like I I can sit down and be like I don't like watching stuff that I haven't seen before. When I'm distracted, and okay. and basically I've just been distracted since then. I am so. I am curious to know what you think of it because I I kind of feel like you might not like it. Why do you think I won't like it? I, it I think because like, I think why me in particular? Because I don't. But you do like that. You like that show, Playmakers. So you didn't. Playmakers mind, is fantastic. Like because they they highlighted you know the the bad part of MMA. 
There are no bad yeah. parts of MMA. How like, dare you? Like the dark side of it. Everybody in the sport is amazing, and no one's ever done <laughs> anything wrong. Just don't read the news. Like I think, I think it, it paints MMA in a terrible light. The show, mm-hmm. but it, but I love it. It's very entertaining. All right. So I don't I don't know where you're gonna stand on it. I don't know. I mean, look, I I can see the warts on uh, in the sport, whether they're the ones inside or the ones outside the cage. But there's know? some that you don't even think about, and you're like, wow, really? That happens. Yeah, but and it's like, Ooh. see, I'm go- I'm in, I'm gonna end up watching this show knowing that it's a uh, it's a scripted drama, and I'll try to at least take okay. that in mind when I'm watching some of this stuff. Okay. And then you know maybe I'll just ask fighters like, yo, is this real, yo? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, t- I'll text some of the some of the men and women I text with. See see what they think. Uh, yeah, I'll get to it. I I, I had kind of avoided it. I don't know why. I I know a lot of people started watching it when when co-main event was doing a watch. I was like maybe, but I I kind of skipped it. I, I still haven't seen the third season because it I kind of stumbled across a spoiler on accident. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, oh, all right, kind of know what happened. So I'm sorry to hear that. So I gotta. I was trying to forget, but I can't forget. So I just gotta watch it at some point before I do forget, because we obviously we have a we have an interesting show that we've got uh, ahead of us for this one. That's obviously not going into uh, any contested rounds. We're not even doing a past judgment. But before we get into that, before I forget, Pinewood Derby, sir. I think I have to close oh, yeah. the book on this for our <laughs> listeners for 2022, 2023. Oh. Done the story. Oh no, for sure. We're I, back I in probably, there. I probably have like nine or ten more cars to make between my two boys. Really, they do that many? Yeah. Well, I made five as a kid. I still have all nine. Now, do they do it in the Boy Scouts too, or just Cub Scouts? It's just Cub Scouts, oh, okay. is my understanding. I have no like. We're not figuring him to go to Boy Scouts or not. He can make that decision years years from now. I yeah, I, I know did, what the cutoff was. So I did Cub Scouts. You didn't do Cub Scouts, right? I didn't do any of that. Yeah, yeah. So so I did Cub Scouts. From like first grade all the way through like fifth or sixth, whenever it was that you get the arrow of light, which okay. is essentially the the end of the road for Cub Scouts, and then you m- can move on to Boy Scouts. And I went to one meeting uh, as my parents requested, and I was like, "Now nah, I'm good." Yeah, it's Cub Scouts. Cub Scouts was enough. I don't really want to go camping. Yeah, let's just go gaming. Yeah, <laughs> for real. If, if if Cub Scouts was about playing video games and <laughs> basketball, I would have been all in. Like that would have been that would have been the life. But yeah, I didn't go camping for the first time until the pandemic. So that tells you how interested I was in that. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but as for my son, uh, who is six and a half, he's in first grade. We made his car Chocolaka thirty six. It ended up looking like a chocolate bar. It was nice and shiny brown, and and he drew little squares on it to kind of like he was trying to match like a Hershey bar. It definitely didn't look like exactly like a Hershey bar with the squares, but he he just kind of was going for like a look, with like and he was Hershey happy bar. for. It. Yeah, he wrote his name on it. He put he put a number on it. He, it was just Chakalaka, and then he added a number thirty six. I don't know why he picked thirty six. Just kind of happened, and then uh, so he he's like, no, now it's Chakalaka thirty six. Like, okay, <laughs> if that's what you want, dude. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he was so excited, and you know he's running it. We get. I think he ended up getting to run the car. It was seven times. It really, it should have been six, but it was seven because they had to redo. He actually had to redo his best run. How's that work? So one of the cars. This is the one I think I might have even put on social media. One of the cars on his run when he did the fastest, which they they put the time as a hundred and eighty four point something miles an hour. I'm like, there's no way <laughs> in hell that these cars are going that. Like they would they would hurt someone. It's like a bullet. So maybe, there's no way that happened. Maybe but it's just like a calculation of. I, 
I don't know what it was. But anyway, it, it went down the ramp and got to the end in, in like 2.6-something seconds, okay. which whatever that is. Um, but anyway, that was his quickest run, and it got negated because the car, it was a three-lane track on the other end. He was on one end, there was the car on the other lost a wheel or something like that and crashed and it like got messed up. So they had to run it all the cars again, but they didn't count that Why run. They count? I don't know. I thought that was stupid because he actually ran the slowest. That, that car ran the slowest of all of them. And I, I'm not like, like seriously, I wasn't competitive about it and my son didn't care. So it was fine. But I'm like, I'm still confused why they didn't count it. It just didn't make any sense. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. In NASCAR, you crash, you're, you're just, eliminated. They should have just let that one car go again. That would have been fine. Yeah, let them drive again. The one, Actually, the one thing that I really did not like about the way our troop did it, and I'll, I'll hold out all that information because I, I don't want any identifiers, but um, the way our troop did it, or his troop did it, or pack, pack, excuse me, it's, it, for Cub Scouts, it's pack. Troop is uh, Boy Scouts. But his pack, they ran all of the dens, which are essentially the grade groups, they ran all of the dens like mixed together rather than having my son race against his friends in his den. Okay. Which I thought was stupid. I'm like, let the kids like go together. Then they can have that. Like it, it didn't matter, but they could have all gotten into it. I think it would have been more fun. Mm. So I didn't really love that element of it. But my son took second in his den. Okay. And realistically, he would have been first if it wasn't for that. He doesn't care. He's happy he got a trophy. So it, it, fine with me. And I think he probably had like the third fastest car. Okay. Yeah. Chocolaka thirty six. Chocolaka thirty six was a, uh, yeah, I think so. Definitely better than any car I made with my dad. My dad, my dad and I did a pretty decent job, okay. but I, uh, I think his was way better. Chocolaka on display at the house. Chocolaka is uh hidden in display in a sense. He's okay. he's in our china cabinet. <laughs> okay. Behind uh artwork that has been put up there by by the boys. Okay. Uh, because. They most assuredly will destroy this thing because they are not careful little boys. And I just don't want them ruining their own car before it's like, or well, my son ruining his own car before uh, before he has the chance to really appreciate it. Like when he's older, he can do what he wants with it. But I know right now. You're the he, preserver. He, yeah, I am. Yeah. He bought, so it just as an example, when we went to Florida, his souvenir, and he used his own money, he is, his souvenir was a 50th anniversary Disney uh, tractor trailer. Okay. Right? It's already broken. We went in February. <laughs> he, it broke in like a couple weeks. And actually, his brother, my other little guy, he bought, uh, it, was, it was a, neither of these are like really meant for play. They're really more for display, to be fair. Um, but the, my, my youngest bought the monorail, which was not an anniversary monorail. It was just a regular monorail. Mm -hmm. And this monorail, uh, my oldest broke within seconds of opening it like literally like gave it to him and just pulled it apart didn't mean to like it was not not malicious not anything he just figured he could take it apart and nope weren't supposed to do that i did that with beer mugs <laughs> pulling taking them out of the out of their packaging well, did, and just broken well, like, he did hey, that as an on. adult so that, that's yeah. a little more shame there <laughs> <laughs> but but on the whole, Pinewood Derby went fantastic. Uh, he can't wait to do it again next year. Awesome. For one thing he said, though, <laughs> this was great. One thing he said was that next year he wants to make a really slow car. I'm like, okay, we could do that. We could just like go against the All grain right, and try yeah. to make it as unaerodynamic and like poorly designed <laughs> and just to see how slow it could possibly get. I don't know. I think he already moved away from that, but I, okay. I, then I, it actually made me think that could be fun. It might be, yeah. <laughs> just, just do everything wrong. You got to build a, a, a tr test track too. 
No, I'm not doing that. No. Uh, I don't care that much. Oh, okay. No. I'm not th- seriously, I'm not that competitive about it. Like I <laughs> the main impetus for even going as far as we did cuz it sounds like we did more than some of the other families did. Granted it was very short notice. We that's another story. But I just thought he'd be interested in the engineering principles. Mm-hmm behind it because he he already wants to be an engineer when he grows up that's what he's okay. kind of decided um we had told him a while ago he wanted to be a construction worker for a while okay and then we real like we kind of said hey listen i think you're nothing nothing against construction work at all my son's not going to be a big guy he's probably not going to be a very strong guy he's just not the most physical type but his brain is amazing and i think he can be he the loves, foreman he lo- really he just wants to build things so he thought okay. construction workers did okay. that and we said you know it's kind of more like engineers and architects he's like okay. oh okay i'll do that yeah so that was, that was really how that came about all right so we'll see but i think that's enough pine with derby i think everybody's had enough of that uh so that's our show uh thanks for the- <laughs> <laughs> no 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 we, we've got a good show for you guys this one hopefully it's gonna be uh, a mix of fun, a, uh, a mix of crazy, and hopefully a mix of you know thought provoking, right? Oh yeah, because this is the show that was birthed out of a tweet that I put out on March twenty first. The tweet said, "Serious MMA question for those who trash M- or serious question for those who trash MMA judging, especially fellow media members. What real workable solution do you suggest? Think out the whole process." And its viability. Now, I was hoping to just get like maybe a couple of media members to respond. Most most of my stuff doesn't really catch on with like topics and things like that. And I was just hoping maybe a couple people in the media would be like, hey, maybe we could do this. Da, da, da. No, no, no. It like went. It, it's not like it like took over the internet, but for me, it, it was it was a very um engaged discussion. Uh, and they definitely mostly ignored the think out the whole process and its viability part, but. We got a lot of results here, Dan. A lot of participants. So the the impetus was here, obviously, like, come up with ideas to improve MMA judging. My thinking was hopefully get some well-thought-out ideas, and some of them weren't. But I think Dan and I, we, we basically just agreed, right, that we kind of have to go into all these and at least just talk about them. And, like, at least let's just examine the viability of them, right? Yep. So I made a giant list of everything. Now, some things were similar enough that I kind of lumped them together. And, and, you know, some things are going to be kind of on the same subject here. Like, there's a couple of them are going to have to do with, you know, one topic and a couple have to do another. So, you know, we're going to go down here. It's We've got a lot of them, but I think it's probably going to go pretty quick, Dan. Yeah. So, I, I tell you what, why don't you name which ones we're going to start with first, sir? Well, how about we start with this? They want to move the judges away from the cage side area because they want to... Be able to put them in a soundproof room where they cannot be swayed by any uh, commentary. Uh, any commentary if they do, do happen, or to the hear crowd, that, or crowd noise. Mm-hmm. And they also want monitor or monitors, like multi-angle kind of situation. You're like, I imagine that the thinking behind, I forget who suggested this, some some rando. Um, the thinking there is probably like you put them in like a tr- like like a TV truck, and they get like seven <laughs> or eight camera angles that they can look at. Like, yeah, that's gonna help. Listen, I <laughs> if I ever I can't watch football Sundays in a bar because I don't know what TV to watch. <laughs> Even if the same game is on all the TVs, I don't know which one to watch. My, I'm on a swivel the whole time. That that's uh, I just don't see that being possible. So what do you like? What do you think of this idea? Because obviously, and, and I'm I. Look, Dan and I are not going to love a lot of these ideas, but we're trying to at least kind of approach them in earnest. Like, what do you think? I would. Okay. A while back, I probably would have said, okay, I'd be okay with having judges say 
you have the 3K chat, which are official, but then I, I wouldn't mind if they had like seven in the back. Seven more? Like, like or not just se- not in the back, but like at home maybe. Oh, okay. Watching and, and submitting scores to the commission. As uh-huh. how they see to use as a training tool, perhaps. Okay, so those would not but count, but more they just wouldn't like count, as a check no. is what you're saying. Okay, more more of a obviously dis- this is this was an this was an older thought of yours. Yes, not this current, was an yeah. older thought. Um, more I guess to see if you know how in tune cage side is and how important it is to be cage side as opposed to watching on TV and the different perspective you get and if if everyone's seeing it kind of the same. <laughs> Scott is enjoying. Uh, I'm riveted. Some cookie dough. I'm riveted. Um, Go on. But I think that idea died. Uh, at the last pay per view, Covington versus Masvidal with the uh, technical issue. Because mm-hmm. if is the fight just an auto draw or no contest? If the judges lose their feed, yeah, this is a huge problem with this idea. Like it, it's a, just a fundamental issue. Because what happens if the feed goes out? You can't just rely on the on the judges having not seen anything. At that point, it's just it's just a whole cluster. This idea is dead because of the exact reason you say. Has to be. It, I, it, it can't even be a, like approached for any other like process of ability to be able to make it work because it already is flawed. Yeah, there's just too much can go wrong. Imagine like, the biggest fight of the year. So say say we do get John Jones versus Francis Ngannou, and this is the way they're going to score this fight. It would be and insane. it goes out. It would be insane. <laughs> you couldn't. What are you supposed to say? Like, let's say this goes out. Better example, even let's say it goes out in one of the round, like let's say round three, four, or five, particularly five. Mm-hmm. Of Holloway and Volkanovski. Oh yeah, that's. I a... mean, shoot, what are we supposed to say? Oh yeah, the judges. Sorry, they actually like literally couldn't watch forty-five seconds of the fight. What? They're supposed to decide the championship based on not everything that those guys did. It's stupid. It, it, it doesn't work. It really just doesn't work. There. That's the viability question that I was talking about here. It's not viable. Doesn't work. Which and, and another thing doesn't work. But I like this idea a lot better. I texted you about it that... earlier in the week. I just think it would be a funny visual if all three judges were in the cage with them yeah. <laughs> scoring the fight. Like they're running around with Herb Dean trying to get a better view of things. You see, you got Sal D'Amato is kind of like just like peeking in, trying to trying to see. Like <laughs> I'm picturing somebody like sprawled out, like like on the ground, like trying to peek in there, yeah. see like, hey, how's he doing? <laughs> It's not gonna work, but it's funny. Yeah. It's funny. That, yeah, that that's not viable either. Uh, another solution, because they had said, you know, moving the judges right away from cage side is a problem. We know why. But what about giving them a better angle than below the action? Because this was suggested by somebody. Because I, obviously, I think I've suggested it before, mm-hmm. or, or similar ideas like kind of like the elimination chamber pod, <laughs> or yeah. or like a a um, tennis judge yeah the tennis judge makes no second work like you get you get a view on top and you're looking in Mm -hmm. i i don't i feel like there is some merit to and it it obviously inhibits uh the entertainment crowd factor there because you're gonna get them on the way which is why they're where they are but if they are just a little bit higher it maybe it helps a little bit more being able to view it on the same plane as you know Everybody mm. else, in theory, ought to be viewing it. You know, it's it's hard to kind of judge something from below. I would think. Uh, I haven't done it before, so I have to, put, you know, put the grain of salt in there. Maybe a judge would tell me, "Hey, actually, it's actually not that bad an angle." I, I have a feeling they won't, but <laughs> but you never know. I think I think the gra- if a judge, you'll see a judge, you know, his face there the whole time when there's a, a grappling exchange mm-hmm. right in front of his panel. I think they get a great view then. 
Like if it's if it's groundwork right in front of them. Yeah, sure. But that's but, like that's one of the rare times. I mean, yeah. even they're standing and, and striking. It's like I mean, there's lights above there yeah, in theory up. that could like because I've sat close enough to the cage. Like I've never sat that close and actually watched the fight. I've been that close uh, when it was at the garden. Mm-hmm. I got to see that up close, but it's not like I was watching live action at that point. Um, it it's got to be different. I would have to think. See, I think there should there could be a. I mean, what if like. Because obviously the cameramen they get a step stool mm-hmm. and they're put on a corner post to to what if the judges got their own corner post? I think that would be interesting. I I wonder what a judge would think of that. Would they like that? Would they like being that visible up there? I don't know. Maybe that would change you know an element of them as well, having mm-hmm. to stand all the way up there. I don't know. But at least you would have situations where the only thing getting in the way was would be let's say you know two fighters are standing directly in front of each other where you can't see the action or if the referee walks in mm-hmm. front of the way you, you're at least getting rid of the poles yeah um but then that kind of goes back to what you were saying about having the angle being down low for the grappling exchanges you're never going to be close enough to a grappling exchange. are you allowed to move off it i Probably. guess that would be a question too to, so you know, i don't know squat down that's that's an interesting thought i i feel like there's there's at least the thought there that you know, I'd be curious what an official would say about that. But yeah, it's it seems it seems like hard to work. Yeah. Um, instant replay and strike takedown total stats availability during a fight, even if it's unofficial. Someone has said, by the way, what do you think of this one? Well, I think that's just insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you don't need anything to to help skew them. You know, let them make their decision based on what they see. Well, when are they and supposed so, to, the, the problem I have is, like, when are they supposed to watch instant replay? Oh, yeah. The scores, <laughs> they, they got to turn their scores in the moment the fight ends. Like, if you've watched a judge, anyone who's ever, like, watched fighting, if you ever pay attention to the judges at the very end of the round, they're, like, already writing their scores down before the fighters get back to their corners. It's done. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah, done. They, it, it's, You're not going to watch it mid-round because you have to watch everything else that's going on. Yeah, there's no way to make, you can't watch instant replay. You're supposed to look mean? at numbers, too, like, on the screen when no, you're supposed to be watching strikes. Yeah, yeah. It, everything takes you out. People don't think about that, so I, that that's not really and and the fact that they're un, that they're totally comfortable with unofficial stats. Mm-hmm. I mean, by God, you could just put up any numbers you wanted. The, whoever's making the stat, and I mean, I think some guy had eighteen takedowns at some point in the, the second round, whatever fight that was. Like, how it would be incredibly easy to um, influence judges oh, yeah. without their knowledge by just putting fake numbers up and being like, oh, sorry, it was a, it was a miscalculation there. Somebody like, just use their error. That, no, can't do it. it it's totally unviable. Uh, this one, I think it came from media member. It was have media attend the annual ABC meeting and speak with regulators and officials. Dan, what do you think of this one? I like this one. Well, of course you do. This we're is going a, to do the same thing. This is, this is <laughs> listen, why, why, why should you be able to, if you don't know the subject, Maybe educate yourself before you start casting stones. But why does this help judging too? That's the other question that we kind of have to explore here. Why is th- why is this a viable solution to um, improve MMA judging? Oh, improve? I don't yeah. think. Well, no, I think it improves people. It improves the people watching MMA. Right, right, like, and, and that is a thing too. I mean, that's the. It's not necessarily improving the actual judging, but it is improving the perception of it, which is probably. It it, it mm-hmm. probably needs even more help than the actual judging itself. Yeah, there's just I mean, even it's just crazy that no one knows. Yeah, what really is in the criteria? And they 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 cite things that aren't even in there. Yeah, and and also another suggestion was essentially on top of this, generally have media members, broadcasters take judging courses. So education is is the the basis here. I, well, I mean, it. if they I want to, if they want to, yeah, but but. 
if you're part of, of MMA and you're going to criticize the judges, yeah, you should. Yeah, I, I think so. Broadcasters, I, feel... I think, for sure should have to. Yeah, I think so. Anybody who's working for the actual um, promotions and, and talking about it, really, you ought to be an authority on this. It's silly that they can't. I mean, you can't make them, probably, unless it's in the contract, and it's not like the UFC's going to do that. I mean, fighters that, should do it, too. Fighters should. Everybody Coaches should do it, should honestly. Do it. Every single person in the sport who has any sort of stake in it really ought to be aware of how it works. It's unfortunate they aren't. Yeah. But, of course, the, the, the courses aren't always that frequent, too. You know, you've that's been, true. You've been trying that's to true. take Big John's course. Granted, the, pa- yeah, the pandemic was Big what John, really threw it off. But. He must have just done a recertification because Eric McCracken posted his his um his certificate of being recertified okay. through command. It must have been only available to currently certified command people. Was it not on the website? Because I know you it was not on the website. Okay. It still says the ones that I was going to. It still says canceled due to COVID. And I have not heard anything from my connect about that uh, information as well. Mm. So yeah, maybe it was more of an industry thing. Uh, or something like that, maybe a recertification. I'm not sure. Uh, but back to this, uh, another suggestion was uh, have the commentary team add ex officials or an, an ex official anyway as an expert, kind of like what they do in the NFL, uh, basketball, that kind of thing. Yeah, I actually do like this a lot. Uh, I, th- I think it would prove for the same reasons and, as the media. I mean, yeah. no offense to Dean Thomas. Uh, I like Dean Thomas. He's a good guy, but I, I just don't care about. Uh, the strategy all that much that he comes in in between almost every round now i like it honestly i don't mind that at all because that's really you're just trying to you're improving the right. entertainment aspect of it helping people get more knowledgeable and I, I don't i have no problem with dean I, I don't no i don't have a problem with dean i just don't i don't care for that um but, but i'm saying he doesn't need to do every round but if there was a it's not every round if there's it? a close round that's when the ex-official should come in and say hey this is probably what they're seeing. This is why they're seeing it that way. This is why this guy's probably going to get that nod on that. And not just if it's a close round, but let's say commentary team starts going down one oh, yeah. one path, and they're like, well, listen, guys, I, I hate to step on your toes, but you, you guys are psychos if you think that that round was scored <laughs> that way. You're just wrong. It's this. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think there's only one big John McCarthy who'd actually maybe do something like that, but, you know, and maybe official out there, if, if somebody you know, decides, hey, hey, maybe they're kind of done with doing that. Maybe there's an opportunity to make a little money, uh, UFC money, which is more than the referee money, I would assume. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe well, we're talking about to, the UFC, to, I don't know. To but. be honest, referee money, what I, when I did look it up, refer, some of the referees make pretty good money as if these numbers are correct. Interesting. I, didn't, like, I don't know anything about this. Like, from the what, when I Googled, you know, UFC referee salary, they, I don't know how legit these numbers yeah, where are. Where did these come from? Because, you know, from that there's one, a lot of numbers that get put yeah. out there for fighters. Let me too, pull it up no right sense. now so I can tell you. I think, I thought, I mean. Well, while we're at it, another suggestion was actually to increase uh, the pay that is available to the uh, officials, both, I, I assume, both referees and judges. Um, this would most definitely, on the long run, improve judging, I, I have to think, because you would be able to bring in. Um, a, a another caliber of uh, maybe not caliber i don't think that's the right word but more people who might be good at the job that would turn it down because the money isn't good enough um you're you're kind of limiting your your pool of available people to the point where it's like yeah we've got jj ferraro and and patrick patland in texas and that's who they have and maybe texas would always do that because texas is just such a terrible commission but i think you could probably get Another suggestion people like to make, and we'll, t- we'll go a little deeper into it in a bit, ex-fighters 
uh, becoming officials is something that people would love to see. Why would ex-fighters want to do that for the peanuts that are available? They were already making peanuts fighting. If they wanted to, if they could make more money, they'd probably still be fighting, you know, or they would have a regular job, which a lot of people do. So, yeah, I, I just don't see that as viable. But they need money. More money would definitely help. And I would think, too, uh, by the same token, the officials who already do this job, maybe if they're making more money, Maybe they can make it their full-time job, and maybe they can devote even more time and focus into training it and improving it and doing the things that I know they would love to do because they do this already for fun um, and passion. So I would have to think that would help. Oh, yeah. Did you get get the answer for that? Yeah, you know what? I just found an asterisk next to it that said, these are just estimates. Oh. Actual original numbers may vary. Yeah. It sounds like like a made-up number. But it sounds like. I mean, they put down a list of like a table of a Herb Dean makes 15,000 if it's a per fight on a pay-per-view. I'm like, ah, mm, seems high. Doesn't it sound right high. to me. It but does seem high. I don't know for a fact that what Herb Dean makes. I just know that that doesn't sound like the money that's available. Right. I don't, I, 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 that's what I thought. But then someone threw it at me and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe the refs actually do make decent money. But yeah, I don't. I don't think so, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I mean, improving pay. What do you think of that? I mean, you, that that has if, to work, if right? If you improve pay, you ha- you leave out the need for a nine to five, depending on the amount. Yeah, of, pay, of course. Obviously. But I mean, if you make if you make it a, a a real salary, like NFL officials, I think they make quarter million dollars a year, and that's a part time job too. Yeah, realistic. A lot. Some of these people have other jobs too. I think Ed Hockley was like a lawyer or something like well, that. Well, that's what I th- I've always thought that they needed high high profile jobs to reduce the risk of being bought. Is that what it is? I thought that was hmm. kind of like a, a a prerequisite to be NFL referee. I could be wrong, but I, that's what I did hear. I don't know. I'm starting to get dubious of the things you hear. <laughs> hey, that's what I thought. <laughs> But yeah, if you increase pay, you you'll dr- you'll get more people that want to come and actually do this. I would have to think so, so. especially to do this for the amount of abuse you're going to take. Oh, yeah, because let's face it, the abuse that officials take is absurd. Especially it, and, and and like the reactions they get are so disproportionate to the perceived crime. Um, it, it's it's crazy. You're gonna chase off really good people from this sport, and I don't like it. I I hate when people do that. Yeah, I mean, there's some lunatic on. That was on here. Hey, he even had a check mark next to his name that I just said. Uh, like a, this, you can say my uh, name. I'm right here. It wasn't you. It was, oh. some, it was some other media guy or thinks he's a media guy. He's got a blue like a check mark <laughs> uh, talking about the judges need to be held accountable and they need to explain to the media why they scored fights the way they did. Mm. So we can criticize them regardless of their explanation. Yeah. Whoever that lunatic was. A lot, a lot of bloodthirsty people out there. Uh, it is a bloodthirsty sport, to be fair. And it's like, well, what, what if the, what if everyone, the judges did a great job? You're not going to write an article saying, hey, the judges did awesome. I think I did once. Did you? I think I did. Oh. In, well, my, you... in my little brief time that I was writing for my MMA news, I think one of them was, was at least pretty positive or at least very explanatory of kind of mm. how things were going. And I, I got a lot of nice reactions from, from the officiating community. Um, I'll, I'll keep them anonymous, but yeah. You would be the outlier well, yeah, I, as I always, what's used in the upcoming I, I uh, tend, thing here. I tend to be the outlier uh, when it yeah. comes to anything. But yeah, um, this one, uh, this next topic actually requires like several steps to it because there are so many different suggestions here. Broadly, people want more judges. This is not new 
for anybody. This this is probably the most. I, I think this was probably the most suggested one out there. At least of, oh, yeah. of kind of the weirder ideas was more judges. Some people don't. I'm sure the people saying it don't think it's a weird idea, but I think we can probably debunk. Because I was seeing as many. <laughs> typically, it was like saying five, sometimes seven judges. Where are you going to put all seven judges first off? There's too many logistical questions there. But we had a bunch of ideas, right? I'll just I'll just quick hit them. Six judges enter scores. One is randomly discarded. Here, I'm going to quote this one here. Five judges pick the best three scores. What does <laughs> what does that mean? Best three. Who's picking that? Who is judging the best three scores? Do we have other judges who will then judge the judges? Who's judging the and judges? who's judging them? Oh, yeah, we yeah, must yeah. continue this uh, this pyramid scheme all the way through. There must be ten thousand people who are judging other people who are judging other people and judging other people. Uh, it, it, it's total nonsense. Um, it was also phrased uh, as a um, outliers would be ignored, like gymnastics and figure skating. Uh, I guess judging in there, but judging in those sports, it's point based. It's it's a very different thing. It's not ten nine or whatever. It's it's just everything gets like certain scores and deductions and things like that. My wife watches figure and skating. And a perfect and ten is not possible. Is that right? I don't actually. know It's that. because well, what if? How do you? What can you give someone if you gave that a ten? Something better comes along. I don't know. How can you go higher? I couldn't tell you. So I don't watch. I my wife watches it. I, I'm not saying I'm watching it. I'm like sitting with her and she's enjoying it. What would Brian Baitano do? What would Brian Baitano do? Um, but yeah, that that what the heck is this idea? That's kind of that's goofy. It doesn't make sense in in our particular sport. Like I guess I kind of see what they're going for, but like what what is an outlier? What does that mean? Like the one they don't disagree. They don't. It doesn't make with. any sense. That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> It's goofy. Um, six judges paired off in two. I don't know if this is a joke or not. I, that one I couldn't figure out. I honestly, wait, to be on, I, I would not be opposed to commissions having six judges, three up and coming local guys that aren't, that they don't, they have to score the fight, but they're not in any official capacity. So just shadow judging. Just, Manda- yeah, mandatory just three, shadow Just judging. three shadows. I mean, I'm sure for, that happens. I know, but you never see it though, really. I don't, see. I don't know. Not in UFC, I don't. Well, the last few years, it's been a pandemic. It yeah, kind of, it kind of crunched down on some things. Where have you been? <laughs> if you'd gotten COVID, you would know better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dan got COVID twice. Um, <laughs> we can laugh now, because you're fine. Did I get it twice? Yeah, I thought you did. You got no. well. You got it in the very beginning. You haven't gotten yeah. it since. I thought you did. The three shots beat me up like I had. Oh, it. that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, the the shots gave you hell. Yeah, but not as bad as COVID. Uh, ten That's judges true. online. This was another suggestion. Ten judges online. I don't know why it's ten, but it was ten. Um, Scott, I don't and they know should about be all online. I don't know about you, but from time to time, my internet drops. Yeah, <laughs> once in a while. Uh, <laughs> three sets of three judges. A majority vote of each round combined to a final winner. How many judges are going to each event here? What the hell is this? <laughs> and also, there was a, a fourth card from a judge watching on a monitor away from the cage. So, yeah, this these were the that different was variations. Similar to of, what, that was similar to what I thought. Kind of, but it sounded back. like they want this one like to actually like count. But like, when is this going to count? When it's a draw? Yeah. What, how many fights is this actually going to matter in? Yeah. That, that, I don't understand that, it. That doesn't make No. I, so, on the bottom line, though. More judging. The real problem with more judging, this is the first thing that I point to as a viability issue, is you want to put five judges cage side? Okay. Where are you getting that money to pay them? Are you budgeting more money? Is the state deciding, yeah, we want to give that to you because it's it's a state-level thing. Um, I guess it's not a state-level thing. It comes from the, the promotions, but like typically speaking, these promotions don't have a lot of money, you know? 
except for the UFC, and they don't want to give a lot of money. So it's not going to happen. Like, it, they're not going to just increase the pool and be like, yeah, that's fine. We don't want to do that. So would they just limit the pool of money? It, are, are judges now going to be making less money? Because that obviously goes against the idea that we were kind of saying was not such a bad idea, which is increase the money that they get. How about this, Scott? Which panels did the other two get? Because you got a commentary team. Well, we're just talking about UFC, yeah. You have two corners, three judges. You have the officials table with the timekeeper and everything. Mm -hmm. Where there's just not enough space to throw two more judges around a cage. And imagine if it was the the Strike Force hexagon. Oh yeah, yeah. And you have seven judges. Yeah. Were you supposed to put two on the same panel? I mean, judges already have to share uh, photographers hawking all over them in their you know thrown in their way and it stuff. It is true. Like they're right next to each other. Let them breathe a little. More bit. judges, it's just not viable. It, it really is, and and a and lot of these complaints about three. So weird. These are such a weird. The the three sets of three. I don't get that one. That one doesn't even make any sense to me. Yeah, I don't get that one. And also, I like <laughs> just I just really like the six judges paired off in two. What I know I know what you're saying as far as like making a shadowing, but that's yeah. not. I don't believe that is what be, is being said here. I don't think so either. I, but. <laughs> What if the, what if one pair disagrees? Or does their scorecard just move? Just I don't know. Spin. You're gonna get a lot more draws that way. That's for darn sure. Um, make me the only judge was said by somebody. That obviously was some sort of joke. But uh, yeah, that, that's there. All right, so make that guy the judge. This will solve it. Uh, take the average of all three scorecards instead of the total. Well, why is this gonna change it though? It will. That's like that alternate decision thing that you have. Sure, right? I guess in a sense. But the reason why that that kind of gets to be a problem, too, is in theory, the person who gives like a totally different score actually can kind of weigh things a little bit, especially in a championship fight. It can push the average a lot closer the other way. Yeah. You know, it could be a really close fight. And just because one person ended up seeing it all five rounds that way, you're probably going to end up with more scorecards going the way that people don't really like. Yeah. OK, and, so if you got two to avoid that. Two twenty nine, twenty eight, one way, and then a thirty twenty seven the other way. Yeah, would be a. Would it would start changing way. things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't think that's a very viable solution. I guess I, I can understand kind of where they're going for there. I don't think it's necessarily the craziest idea out of hand, but, but again, you have to kind of, like I said, think it through and, and really yeah. think about the viability of such. Off an the idea. off off the cuff, I think they thought that was probably a solid without really diving deep into. Sure, it. sure, and, and and that's kind of why I figured we should mm -hmm. give everything like a, yeah. at least a chance. You know, I don't want to just be like, no, you're dumb, you're dumb, you're dumb. <laughs> Some of these are dumb. Dummy. Uh, here's a non-dumb idea, though, from, from Steve Fitel, who who has covered uh, fights with me before. He works for uh, Gannett Newspapers. Uh, all sports, including MMA, should be settled via the XFL scramble for the ball. I really did like that. Instead of that is a good toss. one. That is a good one. I think probably at the end of the fight, if it goes the distance, just put a ball in there and whoever gets it wins. That, no judges so, necessary at that I think point. someone got hurt on the very first time they tried that. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> but, you know, th th this is fight sport. Why yeah, not, that's why true. Just, throw, yeah. just drop a ball from the from the top there. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an another suggestion. This one I actually didn't really understand. I couldn't find what they were referencing because they cited uh, an idea from Luke Thomas had recently been talking about this. It was the word they used was leveraging referees as judges do, i mean the only thing i can kind of gather from that they meant is that they wanted referees in the cage to also be judges which i don't think is the right idea oh you know what i do think i saw is that this what video it is? on luke is that what I, it is? I mean i'm not 100 percent sure all right well, let, but well let's think, like, let's go with that idea anyway that's think, what it sounds yeah, like yeah i think he's saying you know have the guy who's right there on the action 
make, so, it, make a so decision. So sort of your it. idea, in a sense, of having all the yeah. judges in the cave, except yeah. now it's just the one guy whose also job is to try and look out for the safety of the yeah. fighters, but he's also right. going to decide who's winning, which is not really fair on the official because... It's, That's not what their job is. It's not fair in MMA. Um, I don't think but, so. But, I mean, he could, he's probably borrowing from grappling. I know there's grappling tournaments where the referee makes the decision sure. uh, on who wins if it, if no one scores points. And That's it's a little zero, di- zero. It's a different it's thing, very though, because there's though. no face punching in grappling. Right. Yeah. It changes the game. Yeah, you you don't have to watch out for make sure someone doesn't die. And, of course, you know, really. look, look, people could die from a choke, but realistically, you're still... <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't think it's. I think it's a very different thing. I think yeah, it's much much different. I think in grappling you could do it. I think in MMA you absolutely cannot. Um. So yeah, it, as much as you know, Luke. Luke. I what I like about Luke is that he really is like trying to think outside the box with ideas. He does try to think uh, of things that like could work, and I think he tries to think them out, and he posits some interesting things. Um. So I appreciate that from Luke and, and, and in the space that he kind of occupies in MMA media scape. But yeah, I don't think this is the best idea. Um, if that's exactly what it is, it may, maybe I'm twisting that, but that was my interpretation. Um, another idea, and this was a really good one, uh, base scoring entirely on what Joe Rogan's commentary says. So whoever Joe says is winning the fight, that's who it's got to be. Best idea so far. Oh, he's hurt. <laughs> maybe, you know what it should be? This is my idea here. Yeah. We're going to modify this a little bit. Every time Joe Rogan says, ow, or he's hurt, that's a point for the fighter who who was doing the job. Yeah. And, and it's just a point system now. I agree. I think I, I like nailed that. it. I think I, I, yeah. we finally fixed judging. <laughs> <laughs> um, robots was a suggestion, or at least a robot. I got a, a robot gif at one point, and I said, not now, Skynet. Um, <laughs> there was another, another one that said, MMA supercomputer, and they've been saying this for a while. Okay. Uh, you know, I think it'd be neat if one day... We had wearable tech, mm-hmm. and I think a long, we're talking a long way from now. This and this is true that I really do think this. If one day we actually get to the point where wearable tech is readily available in all states, I mean, we're, this is a long time from now to get funding for this kind of thing. If you can get to that point where it can register the impact of the strikes being landed and that kind of thing, but it's still not going to be enough because you still have to see how it actually affects the fighter. Like, is it going to read? Are we talking about like spikes in blood pressure or, or you know, brain readings and that kind of? I mean, you have to get pretty deep. So I'm thinking this is like MMA of 21, 22. Yeah, that's is that's just it's hard. I mean, someone's got say say Francis Ngannou smashes someone in the face and and it registers through the charts mm-hmm. and the guy walks through it, throws a combo back and, and answers it. Like, yeah, how you, how's he even going to score? It's going to, you're going to need like nano machines and people. It, it's, it's going to need like a completely different tech based society than we have now. But I will say, I just can't rule it out happening one day <laughs> just because it seems like we're hey, going if they in nail directions. It, I'm down for it. Yeah. But let, let's put it this way. It's probably not happening that I'll see before uh, I die. Dark. Well, we all die one day. Mm-hmm. Going, Maybe, do we have to? Uh, yes. If we're going to create an MMA supercomputer, I mean, I think we can invincibility maybe become immortal. Now, this is going. To, this is definitely going off the rails, sir. So I'm going to bring it back with a much more grounded idea. How about we just let verdict decide who wins? I could. I could go on for hours <laughs> about how how terrible this app is for judging. Uh, how de- uh, the people who run it, I, I I think they do not have a respect for the sport. Uh, when they go around posting things about the judges robbing uh money out of the fighters' pockets, it you know they didn't make their contract. They're just there to score the fight. It doesn't matter that someone is stuck on a win show contract. 
I do think the people who make this, and I don't know them, and I've never spoken to them, I do think they care about the sport. There's a bunch of people who say the same thing that I think we would probably argue disrespectful. care about. It. It's it is. I mean, it's disrespectful to the judges. I don't disagree there, There's... but um, and it and it definitely shows uh, how deep that they've really thought about this because realistically, it's just a game. They made it. They it's made a, game a game for them. That's all it is. They made a game that they're trying to use as actual fact on why the professionals got it wrong, but the million casuals who've never read the criteria they somehow got it right they've they've marketed their thing well global scorecard is trash (laughs) i think i think i block like i don't block people because i don't mind but i think i completely want no you know mention of them on my feed at all you can you can mute at verdict mma or whatever i think that's what i I did it is i think that i think that's what i did because it's just it puts Drives my blood pressure through the roof. What about, uh, and this was another suggestion, you should just let uh, FPR take over from uh, PFL. <laughs> Fighter performance rating. To be honest, when you put this on here, I, th- I, I immediately thought of Front Row Brian for some reason. Because <laughs> 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 FPR. Yeah, front row, it was okay. just, I guess it was just close. I see, I see. But yeah, no. This, the, was, this was obviously a joke when it was posed, so. Yeah, Fighter performance rating is kind of silly. It's the stupidest I thing. I mean, that would be like, I guess if the robots could integrate something like that i guess i don't know but i think my favorite part of when they have fpr and i don't know what it's been for the pfl challenger series because i mean if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around were fights really happening <laughs> uh it's, it's on like fubo tv and watched by like eight people um i'm sure it's more but no no one i know is watching it because no one's getting fubo for it but when they do put FPR up at the end of the fights in PFL, they did it last year, and it went against what the commentators thought. It was just great to watch them kind of like dance around calling it a stupid thing. Because <laughs> you could just tell there were times where they were just like, no, that's that's wrong. That's dumb. Um, but they couldn't quite bring themselves to do it because I'm sure of corporate uh, mandates and that kind of thing. And it, <laughs> PFL is nothing if not corporate. Uh, I I work with them very often, and and you know I've 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 personally had pretty reasonable uh, interactions with them, and and it certainly helped set me up to you know interviews that I've requested and that kind of thing, and help you know give me a heads up when I could kind of help uh I guess break embargoes on news and that kind of thing, but or not break embargoes, but abide by embargoes and break the news and that kind of thing. But having said that, they are the most buttoned up organization that I've ever <laughs> dealt with. Um and there's a different level of attachment from the people in charge of it than say when you talk to people in the UFC or strike on uh, strike force <laughs> Bellator <laughs> uh, Scott Coker's there. It's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Cause at least Scott, you know, he cares about fighting. He absolutely cares about martial arts, especially yeah. um, th- you can say what you want about Scott Coker. You can't take that away from him um, to get back to our little exercise here. Fighters voting on which judges get to be on a card. Um, this doesn't have disaster written on it. <laughs> just, Not at all. Just kind of crazy. Yeah. It, there's no way that works. There's no way that works. That never works. What would they, You can't possibly have them select who's going to judge their fights. It just doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry. That one I had to la- dismiss out of hand. It's just stupid. Um, Although I tried, I I tried do, not to do that, but I, I feel they kind of, if they voice a strong opinion one way, at least for a referee, like there was no way they were going to have Mark Goddard do Covington Usman too, right, even though that, he was there. But there's a different level of intimacy there right. because he's the one who's in the cage right. with them and he's stopping the fight. It's just they. It's different than when you just see a right. score you didn't like. It doesn't change anything. Um more fighters becoming judges. Now, this is kind of where we're getting on the subject of of the type of judges, I guess. So they were saying they wanted that um, or at least have 
judges who've competed in boxing or BJJ or whatever. Look, I don't think that former fighters would necessarily make bad judges as long as they were very open to understanding the criteria and learning from it and working their way up just like any judge would. But like, you can't just say, okay, Khabib, you're a judge now who's going to judge this UFC title fight. It's not going to happen. He doesn't know how the job is done. He doesn't have the reps. He knows how to fight. Doesn't mean he knows how to score. And is somebody like Khabib or even somebody like, I'm trying to think of like a recently retired fighter who maybe wasn't of, of the highest uh, scale there. Um, but, you know, so let's just say, you know, kind of like a you know lower level mid cardish type fighter who kind of walks away. Are they going to want to work again for the money that's available? I just don't see them doing it. So you're going to get people who are just passionate about it. They, they have to have passion. Right, you got your Frank Triggs and Chris Liebens. Yeah, um, yeah, they're going into they're being referees, and I think that's fantastic. I I hope they all develop into fantastic referees. Um, you know, Frank's been doing this a while. Chris is a little newer to it, but he seems to be very, very. Um, hopefully, he recovers from long COVID. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was that. he was tweeting a little bit about. Uh, actually, he responded to a tweet that I did recently. Um, but yeah, it seems like he's at least you know on the mend. I saw I saw him hitting a heavy bag with it oxygen tank yeah, in tow that. and i'm just man this guy is just built different yeah he is he like, <laughs> fighters are built different than like, you and i sir oof. um another one was said no boxing judges they're tired of boxing judges. I want okay i want to put i want to point this out because this one grinds my gears a bit yeah i actually pulled it up here there are it this is just nevada because that's the only one i can find nevada who are the judges that are are licensed to to score boxing matches in mixed martial arts there is only patricia george marman Patricia Morse Jarman can do mm-hmm. do both. She hasn't worked in Nevada in a while. Adelaide Bird, who's for boxing for MMA. Adelaide Bird, who can do both. She's the only one that actually does uh, UFC Anymore, for the most yeah. part in Nevada. And uh, who else we got here? Anthony Manis, I think, can do both. If I'm reading it right. Okay. Yeah, Anthony Manis is a is a Tennessee based official, if I understand correctly. He's kind of newer to the the Las Vegas scene. Okay, no, he's not actually on here. So okay. So those those are only two I, I see uh, real quickly. So it's not like they're just grabbing judges from boxing saying, hey, go judge this MMA fight. Yeah, I think we've already, as a sport, kind of moved away from just pulling judges from other sports and saying, hey, like, maybe maybe you could pursue this, that kind of thing. I mean, Tony Weeks is a boxing referee. Sure. But he's also there's just... that great picture of him covered in blood. But he you is ever not... seen that one, Dan? You know what I'm talking about? I do see. Yes, really I, oh, yes that is actually good. Um, but he isn't a uh, shout out to blood, a boxing judge. <laughs> he's not. He's not certified or, or licensed to to judge boxing. Is that true? I actually, I don't know so, that. But it's just it's just a silly old tired argument. It is an old tired argument, and honestly, the, we just don't see it anymore. Like a, a lot of judges now have. Oh, Glenn Trowbridge was the third. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, Glenn, so. Glenn. Glenn doesn't really work many events anymore Mm-mm. either. Yeah, I, I don't know. If he's just stopped doing it entirely. But used to see him in a lot of fights, and he doesn't anymore. Um, he was. I think he was a politician actually for a little. Um, accountability was a big one that came up. That, that that's this is kind of like an overarching thing that has a bunch of stuff in there. Um, such as rewatch with an athletic commission and explain your score. They do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Have a three strike system. Ahead of removal. What constitutes a strike? A Joe Sola situation or, or a bad score? Yeah. So or or a uh, or a score that people think is bad but is entirely justified. <laughs> yeah. Like what? You're no one's going to be happy with it anyway. We have to give the caveat that people are going to be unhappy no matter what with oh, yeah. any of these things. No matter you're never going to fix quote unquote judging. 
because the people loved to complain. Uh, evaluate judges' performance. That I'm sure to some degree it already is kind of happening, and judges are kind of evaluated on whether they're going to get better assignments or lesser assignments with the commission, that kind of thing. Uh, an independent panel was something that was sought. Um, I don't. I, I what what independent panel? Where is this coming from? Yeah, it would just have to be like I don't know who who was independent from it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't really get that one. Uh, more transparency. Uh, you know, to like explain quote unquote controversial decisions to the media and public. Um, one guy wants them actually to announce uh, on a microphone their reasoning. <laughs> after I guess they would just get up there and just talk in the middle. Like, yes, yeah, that's that's what we want to pace these events, right? He was the um, more effective fighter in my eyes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say, I, I do think that transparency in this is, isn't necessarily the worst thing from the commission in particular, because I think the commissions are just so clandestine in the way they operate uh, with a lot of stuff. Like, I've spoken to, to regulators, but and they'll talk to me about certain things, but just, mm-hmm. it, it's not like they're going to get up there and put out statements about, like, you know, here's the reasoning behind this guy's score and that kind of thing, or I thought he did a good job, or I thought he did a crap job, you know? It's just, I, I, there's there's room Certainly, for um, more transparency from the commissions, there is. There I like I like the way that um, Adam Mar uh, Adam no uh, <laughs> Adam uh, Rohrbach he invites the media into their post mortem discussions after he cards, has, yeah. as long as there's no direct quotes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so at least they can kind of help with understanding. That helps right. media. But uh, I mean, I'll share later. I have I have a kind of an idea that I think could work. Uh, for tra- or like that, I would like to see at least mm-hmm. more with transparency, um, and it does kind of have to do with the mimicking the NBA's two-minute report model, um, where they you know essentially go over everything right. that went wrong. This is the the NBA does it. They kind of go over the calls that went wrong or weren't called correctly in the final two minutes of basketball games. Right. Um, this guy also wanted to input uh, an incentivized system. I don't really get that one. I don't really know what they're talking about. The only thing I can assume is strong, stronger judges get better assignments, which already happens. So, <laughs> well, okay. the, back to the two minute thing. I know you you've mentioned it to I me have, before, yeah. and I used it in my argument with that that guy who wanted transparency. <laughs> uh, that was a media member. I said the the most you're gonna get, I think, would be something similar to that. Yeah, I I, I think that there's. Room for that. I'll go in a little deeper, I guess, in a bit. Um, revealing judges' names and round scores after each round. Essentially open scoring, but also making sure that the fighters distinctly know which guy did it. Yes. Which, so, like, what the heck? You're just trying to instigate the fighters you just, at that point. Yeah, that just, doesn't make sense. You want to make sure Ally Quinton knows which corner to attack. <laughs> so, according to what he said yes. this week, yes, where he's, he's anti-open scoring because he thinks that he would <laughs> lose his control and just go after the judges. Like... Al's an emotional guy. I, I like Al. You know, I spoke to him recently. He and I get along just fine. Um, I don't think he'd really do that. <laughs> I think he thinks he'd do that, and I think if it really happened, he'd be like, I got a job to do. I think that's what he'd do, because that would be the end of his fight career, period. There's yeah. absolutely no way a commission would license him Although if he real- jumped the cage and attacked a judge. Real estate ain't so bad right now, though. No, no. He's, so- he seems like he's doing just fine. When I, when I spoke to him. <laughs> Uh, for the story I'm writing this week, which I hope everybody checks out and I'll plug later. Um, when I was talking to him for the story, uh, he was trying to get some birds out of like a vent or something like that in a house or one of the houses oh, he has. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, good, good luck with that. Uh, I hope he got them. Uh, but yeah, the, the idea essentially of open scoring was brought up several times. Open scoring doesn't fix judging. It's not meant to That's fix not, judging. It's really yeah. not going to work in trying to fix judging. I'm pro open scoring. 
because I want the fighters to know what's going on. And hopefully it will improve the fighter's ability to um, impact the way that they can win or lose a fight. I would like that, but I have no expectations of that actually having a positive or even really much of a negative effect on on the fight. I think it's just a, a, from a judging standpoint. Yeah, now, open scoring, it's irrelevant of, of how the judging is. It's just so the fighter knows if they're winning or losing. Intently, well, yeah. as far as the intent of it goes, yeah. Uh, punitive measures is something people would love to see. They really love the idea of getting fighters either punished by, you know, taking making make them like take a course on scoring or putting them on probation on like lower level fight events. Which I don't know what you do. If, I, don't, I don't understand this. Um, you get sent to the minors. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. Um, I don't that that to me shows like a distinct lack of understanding of how it actually works there, though. Um, but you know, if <laughs> another one was quote. If there is a clear judge that judges the fight completely different, he must face Francis Ngannou for three rounds. That just sounds mean. It's just mean. You know, a lot of these are mean. Uh, the quote: "The loser fights the judges if the scores don't make sense." Hey, listen. I, I some fighters may not want it with a judge. Oh, the, I mean, the judges are trained. There. Oh, yeah. So look, uh, I'm sure that. There are some straw weights out there who who can hang with with larger men, uh, but you know when I look at certain judges who have fought in the past, I just think they would probably do okay at the very least in this scenario. It wouldn't be as easy as especially they if they were already having fought fifteen minutes. Right, I'm pretty I sure. I think the advantage goes with the judges in, in certain cases, at least. Yeah, these the, some of these judges fought Valley Tudo. Yeah, um, but also still the idea of it is just mean. It's firing mean. judges, yeah. mean. You're just being mean. Um, look, there's certain judges that, and and Terrence McKinney, by the way, who's obviously an impressive lightweight, who I still see as a high future, or a bright future ahead of him, even with the loss uh, in that really awesome fight with Drew Dober. He says firing those with a history of questionable decisions and holding them accountable. Look, if you have questionable decisions and a history thereof, yeah. Probably shouldn't be using them anymore. But like, who are we talking about? What are questionable decisions? That's the real question here. You know, is it is it again? We're talking about kind of like Patrick Patland, or are we talking about you know Sal D'Amato, who has uh probably more rounds differed than any judge out there because he's worked more rounds. So it's just you're gonna get that. You know, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, it, cumulative total is different than rate, and a lot of people don't really understand that. Um, yearly. Another suggestion was yearly. Fire the judges whose standard deviation of scorecards differs the most from the core group. Like, okay, yeah, again, same thing. If, if, if there's a judge out there who's routinely against their peers or, let's say, at a higher rate and, and they might be able to find someone better, yes, maybe they should be replaced. I, I don't necessarily think that we have to just keep using whichever officials the commissions has hired and just keep going until those officials don't want to do it anymore. And it does seem like... A lot of the time, that's really kind of how it manifests. It's, I, I have trouble coming up with the name of any official who just seemed like they were trying to chase off of doing the job. Yeah. But save for a very few in smaller commissions. Like, I, you can't think of it in necessarily the California or Vegas or anything like that. Nevada. But we've talked to these guys, and indifferent doesn't mean wrong. Oh, sure. So, Absolutely. I mean, we do this every week, and we're, we actually do find. Very few. Very few at the that UFC level. We struggle to. Yeah, at, at, of course, at the UFC level. Because you don't want to watch anything but. with the UFC for these rounds, especially not Bellator. <laughs> I watched the Grand Prix. All right, that's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, it's okay to again replace judges who are not up to snuff. But I, for the most part, 
when we're watching UFC events, they're typically up to snuff. So I just don't know what people are looking for is the real should... problem there. Um, rating judges. Uh, and <laughs> I think the idea here is like top judges get like an elite rating or something. Because well, they're it, saying the UFC, PFL, and Bellator uh, should only have rated elite judges. Well, here's a newsflash. Outside of Houston, every single judge that they use will likely have the elite rating. Uh, so PFL, when it's in Florida, kind of just gets whoever's around. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I was specifically thinking Nevada. Well, when we're talking about UFC and, 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 and also Bellator uh, for the most part, too. Yeah, they're they're working in a lot of states and territories, and things where they're getting pretty solid judges to come in, uh, traveling judges, and then you know a couple maybe local judges. That's okay. I still think you need to develop judges. At, well, that goes at the, back, at the big that, shows. That starts at pay. You know, increasing the pay. You're never going to if if we're just kind of going to see this elite judgings or the the rating system work out. How are you going to be able to rate a judge elite until that they've shown that they can handle the work? at one of these top shows because it's you talk to officials they'll tell you it's a lot different when you're scoring a fight at the ufc level than if you're scoring it at the you know let's say lfa level or cffc level or you know any any of these kind of regional promotions it's a very different thing the matchmaking there is different because you know there's a lot of reasons that matches get made at regional shows, I mean, it could be maybe there's promoters trying to help you know their guy or whatever get fights, or maybe it's just the simple fact that they can't find the right bodies to go up against. So it's a little easier to kind of get fights that are going to be much clearer. For a counter argument to, to that, me, to that, yeah, yeah, what do you got? The regional level could be scary for a judge because you a, a hometown guy sells 120 tickets and they're all cheering his name, going crazy, and you see the fight for someone else. Sure. Now you got to go get your car in the parking lot. No, that's fair. There, Absolutely. And it's like, what, there, what there, these crazy that people is, do something. That is a like, different level of there as well. A little, little bit extra stress on that. Having on said that, that I think the point that I'm trying to make is that the scenarios probably don't play out very often because yeah, no, because, at least relative to the UFC, there's probably less close fights that I think happen. Right. Yeah. Like there's that. more lopsided. Yeah, uh, think, matchmaking. Yeah. So. I, that's that's the real reason. It's just the the number of instances of it is is minimized compared to the UFC. Because they can matchmake better. Um, even Bellator has a hard time matchmaking a lot of the time. You know, they really do have a tough so, time matchmaking. It's it's just kind of the nature of the beast at, at the UFC level. Um, but like, what what good is a rating uh, these judges? Like, if if you're gonna have different commissions all over the country, you know, it's, it's, I, I think it's, to it's be not honest, carry over. I mean, we'll, we'll get in, we're gonna get into it in a little bit. We will. Um, our suggestions. Yeah, I'll yeah, bring yeah. it up then. Um. We we still got not not too many more. I think we've had a bunch here. Obviously, this is a big show. This for is a us. long show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wanted to make sure we get we gave all of these their due and try to you know either debunk or, or really <laughs> think them out. Um, some of them are more fun than others, and some of them are are just silly and everything. But um, opening an MMA judging school program. Those don't exist. I mean, well, no. <laughs> I will say this. I think the, their thinking is that there would be like an all around, like all available thing that maybe is available like every weekend or something like that. You know, okay. I don't hate the idea of that, that there's something that we made more available. But like, where is what's the, where's the money coming from to fund that? Like you, these people are going to have to give their time to do that. You can't do it every week. Yeah. You know, it's we're talking about viability again. Like it would have to be something like uh, like UNLV because they're in Las Vegas. They they have like majors that are focused on the casino business. It have to be something like that. 
there is also, I mean, but, Mark Goddard has his program that he put out last year. Yeah, that's online. You can just yeah, download you can, you it. Can, so. You want to go learn? Spend you can, money. It's cost it's, money. It, but. It's not cheap, but you are learning from one of the top officials in the world uh, who teaches officials. He teaches all the uh, the English judges outside or, uh, uh, outside the country over there, um, and they have reverence for the man. And we've had him on his show, on this show as well, and, and he was great on our show. Um, passing a competency course in various martial arts. So I guess they would have to sit there and talk about, you know, judo throws and that kind of thing. That, that is a portion of the command course. You it, have to you have to pass a technique. Uh, yeah, I mean it kind of is, test, but it's like so. but we have people who are saying no boxing judges, but like now they need to be able to pass a competency in boxing. <laughs> I don't How about they just pass a competency in MMA, which is what they already have. Yeah. Sorry. This is how it works and we're actually going to take that <laughs> test when we uh, when we go up to Niagara uh, in July. That'll be fun. Uh, clarity, <laughs> clarity on how to score grappling. Okay, there's something to this. Yeah, I agree. They, I think the criteria probably is a little deficient in that regard. It, I, they, I think they improved it, but I think the language there could probably still use some churching up, right, Dan? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So just, just clarify everything on, just so we we can at least put to bed the did that takedown count or did that takedown not really score that much? And and also what elements of grappling. Are we supposed to be giving certain levels of weight? That kind of, you know, I think. Like how much does a fully locked in choke that doesn't get a tap score compared to a strong punch that rocks an opponent? I know they want to leave things so, vague, but I think uh, in the criteria, it's probably just a little too vague when it comes to the idea of how you're supposed to weigh grappling versus striking. Because, I mean, we've heard officials say, like, kind of when in doubt the striking should kind of win out right right and like we were on that but it's not in there but it's not in the criteria so if that is if that is the official stance it should be in there because you're going to confuse people otherwise just put it in there it should be in there um that's that's a legitimate suggestion um and i do think it would it would help judges i think it would help people at home um the ones who care to read of course which is it's still low then the people who want to watch uh sean sheehan videos too which is probably higher than yeah. people who want to read, at the very least. <laughs> um, follow the judging criteria as it's written. Yeah, judges don't do that, so obviously. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> well, they do do it, but then there's st- there's stuff like where after Dana White got mad about Izzy and Jan, that you know the ten eight stuff. Oh yeah, because he kind of switched a bit. Do we think that Dana White has read the criteria lately? Oh no. Yeah, I don't think so either. No. That's three pages. It's a lot of reading. It's way more than 240 characters. I just don't think he could do it. <laughs> 260? I forget what the limit is. I don't know the number. 280, I think. 280? Yeah, I think it's 280. Whatever. It oh, it used to be 140. 140. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't a big Twitter guy back then, so I kind of forgot. I knew they doubled it. I couldn't remember what. <laughs> um, examining athletic commission practices of not cycling out old judges for new ones often. I mean, okay. You know what? I think that's still a fair critique Is is the fact that not just because they're old. Look, some of the longest working judges ought to stick around. I do think of someone like like a Doug Crosby, who has been in this for a very, very long time and sometimes says some weird things about scoring when we've sat in those meetings with the with CSAC. And when I hear that, I'm like, OK, maybe this is not right. <laughs> maybe this is a judge who ought not to get the same assignments as, say, an up and coming judge who really understands the way judging is supposed to be done in 2022. So there's some merit there, and I do think that there's a lot of athletic commission complacency again. So yeah, you th- can work room. in you can work in more guys. There's room. Uh, there's room. At least early in the card. 
I'm sure that there are some, get him some experience. I'm, I'm sure there's some solid officials out there that are not working in some of the top commissions mm-hmm. that that really ought to get more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, at the expense of whom? I think the number of people is very few. So it'd be. It, I mean, it doesn't have tough. to be an expense of anybody. It'd just be a larger pool to select from. Sure, sure. And and you know, Nevada did a really good job of doing that during the pandemic, especially because it was the pandemic. They said, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to hire a bunch of. And that's actually. It seems like that's how Doug Crosby got in there. Doug Crosby got in. Uh, Brian Miner a couple times. Was Brian there. Miner, it, solid official, both ref and judge, uh, by the way. Uh, the 20 point must system was a suggestion. It's just more a different way to do arithmetic. What I actually didn't hate about this one is the, the fact that their thinking was, it, it essentially amounted to the, the half point system, but they doubled everything. Right. So they got rid of fractions, which is the main complaint that I have about the 10 point half point system is well, that's what I'm saying. people just, can't do fractions. Just I a, can do fractions, but people can't. It's just an easier, easier way to do the arithmetic. Yeah. I don't, so. I don't, I don't even hate this one, but it's not going to happen because then, you, <laughs> then you get into the problem of, okay, at the state level, especially in states where but is there's it a- actual laws on the book that say it has to be the 10-point must system, then you have to get it passed through you know, legislation and that kind of thing. It's not going to happen. It, so it's, it's a not 2018 viable. Or a 20 2019? To eight, 20 to 18 would be like a, ra- a natural 10-9, and then like a 20 to 19 would be more like a 9.5. So like we're talking oh, about like okay. a raise or close round. Right. I don't hate it. I really don't hate it. But it's not it's not viable because because of the reasons I said you, you would need some sort of uh, overarching body uh, that, like a federal body to observe that. And I just don't see that happening either. Um, a more detailed system rating essentially the D's damage, uh, dominance, that kind of thing from one to three. And then you tally the points at the end of the round. Uh, and if you had more than 10 points, it's an automatic 10 nine. Um, this one needed more information. Then I think this person gave. So, I, uh, look, I I at least applaud the kind of the idea there. I actually, I, I don't want to like just say, I don't think it's a good idea on the whole, but I, I appreciated kind of the thought that went into it, even meaning, if it was half halfway explained. Meaning saying, okay, say damage reached a three. But yeah. Dominance only reached a one. Yeah. So you Stuff get four like points for that. Okay. There's something there, like in, in terms of that they're trying, they're thinking, they're thinking outside the box. I appreciate that. I just don't think this quite hit it. I think, well, it's just so much subjectivity still to that. Well, well, so, sure, but but at the very least, you're kind of not just going with the. Te- I, I don't, I don't love the ten point must system. I, I, I see the value in it, and I, and I don't think that there is necessarily a definitive. Yes, this absolutely would be better than the ten point must system, but it, it was shoehorned into the sport from boxing, and, and doesn't boxing and MMA are different, which is why they shouldn't have boxing judges do reference. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah. Um here's another one and I'm just going to this is all quotation. What is considered to be a 109 is now considered a 108. What was considered a 108 becomes a 107. Razor thin rounds that one fighter edged out. Oh, hello again 109. What? More or less they're describing the CSJ criteria in essence, but they're changing they're they're getting a little more extreme. They're just saying any like typical 10-9 where it was like a- Any clear-cut winner. Like a clear-cut winner that becomes an 8, and then the very closer rounds are just 9. So like I, I imagine you'd end up probably with a lot closer split between 9s and 8s under this system than what even we have for CSJ yeah. scoring. Look, I oh, don't yeah, hate it. Sure. I really don't hate it. I, I wouldn't be opposed to something like that. But ultimately, yeah, I, I think that's probably a bridge too far for- regulators to and, and officials and the abc and that kind of thing but i don't hate it at all i really don't i i, I want to see 
more effective use of the tools there because the the ten seven as it as it's in the criteria, it might as well just be saying you're not supposed to do this. Don't do it. Well, I think it even does say that this is going to be used very very rarely. Right, but like that, that doesn't even remotely touch upon how often it's used because we're not even talking about like I don't know of a fight that's happened since the criteria was changed uh, in 2016, 2017. I don't know of a fight that had more than one 10-7 given in a round. Just uh, there, there's a like majority ice, score? Yeah, it's never been a majority score, period. I don't yeah. think anywhere. If I'm wrong, someone show me the fight and show me the, uh, the evidence because I would like to see it. But, I mean, I've done a lot of research into this. I've done a lot of asking commissions. I've, uh, I've spoken to officials. I haven't seen any evidence of this. It is beyond very, very rare. It is, it's truly a unicorn. It doesn't exist. And it's so stupid that it's in the criteria as it is. Take it out or make it attainable. I feel very strongly about this. It, it's stupid. Why do we bother? Why do we bother with this score? Yeah, you got a point. I know. You gotta, you're very passionate there. I am, I am. It's very late at night. <laughs> <laughs> 10, 10 rounds of Someone fed Scott after midnight. I, yeah, well, yeah, I'm eating my cookie dough. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually getting soft. It was frozen before. Now it's getting very right. soft. Um, 10, 10 rounds. They want to see more of. Yeah, two years ago, I would agree. Yeah. But again, there, there's there's kind of something similar here, too. I have, I have a problem with the wording of the criteria as it pertains to 10-10 rounds. I mean, they're, they're saying more or less it, it's discouraged, but it's also kind of left in there in a way that whenever I ask officials about it, they basically say it's only meant to be used in like a staring contest or in, uh, let's say, a, a partial round that would go to a tech decision and it only like just started or something like that where nothing happened. Those are the only two situations they should have it outline that put that in the criteria in some form why yeah. not yeah i think i think that score is needed in the criteria for those situations but make it clear but make it but yeah word it in that way because everyone at home sees that it's there and they think it's it makes sense to give and if you're just going to tell them they're wrong let them know that i mean there's no way to talk to officials so and, and it's not like commissions are helping so put it in the words this is another thing that I have a problem with the criteria or the wording of it. It's the criteria is not a bad document. It's not a bad explanation of things. It just needs some help, and it and it's just got some galling things in there. Like like again, the ten seven and the ten ten. It just explain it right, make it available, or or you know make it clearer. You know, I just don't. I really don't like the way they handle this. Um, scoring the full fight that was uh, suggested by Sean Sheehan facetiously. Uh, and by another person very seriously. Not a fan yeah. of the full fight. It's fun. Very difficult. Yeah, it's I like... very difficult to parse through a five-minute round. That's so. the problem. That's that's what it comes down to. I mean, a five-minute round, yeah, and then you want to say, oh, make them do a 15-minute fi fight? Like, that's that's not easy. Well, um, the thing is, I, I would kind of I kind of agree, if you're going to do this, it just make the fight a draw at, at some point. Well, someone also suggested there's that. there's no finish. Yeah, if there's no finish, they, they, you get rid of it. The only thing I would say, if let's... Let's say, for argument's sake, scoring the fight as a whole is what is being done. I almost feel like if you're going to do that, you should just be rating whoever's in better shape by the end. Yeah, because if, because if you're going to mimic fighting to the death, whoever is, is better at the sure. end should be. That's where... Rather than who put on a better performance, it's that who's in better shape by the end, which you know essentially is going to come down to people who have better cardio, of course. Right, basically... Uh, who... and, and took less damage, that will also factor but basically whoever looks like they can go longer is going to win because eventually someone will die sure yeah you put two people on an island and, and only one person survives then yeah i guess so but 
Having said that, I still think full fight scoring is not the way. No, probably not. Um, a national organization that transparently vetted judges. I think... I don't know who this... I mean, I, I like the organization, the idea. I like a national organization. One, one... One body. One body. Not the ABC. We're talking about something like a, more like a commission that oversees everything. Yeah, like the, the United States or whatever, North American or, or World MMA Commission. Like imagine Nevada, but Nevada running every commission. The way that functions. That would be yes. kind of the idea. Um, I guess that's kind of what they're saying with the transparently vetted things. I mean, I don't know what that means. Like, are you, you putting them like in a box and talk like a clear box? Like, like uh, who's the magician? David Blaine. David Blaine. Is that the one you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Dan, Dan's got a David Blaine story. I do. One day. Not today. We one got day. too much. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, I just don't understand the transparent. I think what the, I think what, think what they're saying by vetting, I think it, they kind of want to make it like a confirming uh, a Supreme Court justice <laughs> uh, situation here. I, I, that's that's what comes to mind when I read that uh, quote. Yeah. Oh God, there's too many jokes. I'm gonna save them. <laughs> Uh, here's another one. The UFC and other, this is all quoted, the UFC and other MMA organizations, we're getting the end too, by the way. We're the getting UFC, there. The, the UFC and other MMA organizations need to create a lobbying group to advocate for legislative change to absurd regulations in regard to MMA and judge scoring and judge appointment. What? <laughs> so what? they're saying that they want, they basically want the government to write the criteria over yes that sounds like what we really need to do yeah i would love to have chuck schumer and mitch mcconnell sit down and just figure out how we're supposed to judge face punching that sounds like the best idea what is happening oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's another one longer break between rounds for judges to use replay. So I, they oh, wouldn't... that's where they would get to use their instant replay. Yes, this is the replay. So the fighters, <laughs> they can just take three minutes off. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, take your time. And this is how we want to watch the fight at yes. home, by the way. We we definitely want more of a break so we can, you know, instead of just making a quick, you know, run and get your water or something like that and get back, now you can probably use the bathroom, okay. maybe even use number one or two. You know, who knows? Your, your, Depends how quick you work. Your entertainment value would, would plummet. Oh, my God. So. The sport would die. Yeah. Die in a vine. Not going to happen. Sorry. Uh, chain, the idea here is uh, normal fights would be now five four-minute rounds, and championship fights would be seven four-minute rounds. This is similar to what I say about This like, is similar to what, is, you, what I, you I, like. I have it three-minute because I'm still trying to mimic the same, like, I'm as close as I can to the length of a current fight. Um, I don't know that it necessarily is going to... Fixed judging. I do think having more um, rounds will make it at least easier for a fighter to distance themselves because they have more opportunities to break down segments of the fight and show it. It's also well, going they, to... well, I think it would help. I mean, listen, I, I think you have a good point to make when you want shorter rounds because it is easier to score three minutes as opposed to. That's really the thinking there. Yeah. Now, with that is the caveat that. That's more opportunities for judges not to be on the same page and thus more, you know, kind of leads into the boxing kind mm -hmm. of thing where there are a bunch of rounds. And I don't know. I, I still think it's ultimately a net game, but I understand why judges are not in favor of it. I really do. Um, but I do think it would ultimately help. It would help. It would help make sure that it's more clear how much better a fighter did in a fight than 29, 28. Instead, maybe you would have, you know, 49, 46 more frequently, you know? Yeah, I suppose. I guess the thing is, though, is, I mean, would 10-10 come into play more? 
We just watched a fight where two guys stared at each other for the first two minutes of the round. Yeah, but uh, but also they're fighting knowing that they have five minutes. It changes everything. Yeah, I you know, I I think yeah, there's a chance you might get the odd ten ten round more frequently, but probably not very often. And then it would satisfy that one dude who really wanted the ten ten. Okay. <laughs> so it's a win win, right? Uh, just two more here, and these these are very good suggestions here. I think you guys are gonna like them. Uh, no judges fight. Uh, a, to a draw if no finish. I guess we touched on this already. We did, yeah. We I did, mean, if, we did. Yeah. This was on the outline as it was. But So the, the final suggestion, and this is, I guess it's a two-part suggestion. Fight to the death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So obviously the judges, you don't need to be there anymore. You can just watch a man die or a woman. Um, and also no rounds, last man standing wins. So that it's kind of like the more tame uh, suggestion here. Although very likely the last man standing is still going to die. So, yeah, the, not, well, their standing was not going to. Well, maybe they would too, but yeah. Ultimately, they want death. Here's basically corners would have to actually start stopping fights. I still don't think that would happen, so, and, and it probably no. wouldn't happen. No, 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 no. That's not happening. We can make double. Let them fight. I know. God, need that 10 k and ten k, not not the uh, just ten k. <laughs> but yeah, that, obviously those were jokes. But um, the real like literally everything I said on here was something someone suggested to me in in response to the topic. So what we had here was a lot, and this was the end. Uh, this was a lot of non-viable suggestions, a couple with some merit and a couple with some interesting thoughts in there, but mostly a lot of, you know, the same old thing everybody has heard before. And I, hopefully we've at least tried to debunk some of these things. I'm sure there are some people who could argue and, and you know, debate us on it. And, you know, we're going to think you're wrong and it's fine, but you're going to think we're wrong and that's also fine. So mm. That is the way the world works. And that is why we will never have 100% satisfaction with judging because someone just wants someone else to be wrong. <laughs> Dan, what you... <sighs> we've talked a lot, a lot of things here. What are some ideas that you actually think could improve judging? I think increase pay, increase and un- increase the opportunity to, uh, to train, get the reps in. How would you execute that? Well, first, I would make more money available. Well, I mean, yeah, but <laughs> I mean the latter one as far as the training. Training, I would, you know, that, that ABC Zoom call that, yeah, we did a few times with California. I think if you did that, maybe every other week or so, maybe in a, maybe possibly after every event you go through it, or you do the things like uh, Eric Nixick has uh, guys come in to train to sit next to Kate, Kate side why guys spar and and just make a fake score round, I guess, just to get used to being cage side. It's very different. I I know sparring as opposed to actually fighting. Uh, yeah, or, how are you supposed to grade impact when they're trying to hold back? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, from my understanding, Sean Strickling does not hold back. He still tries to kill his training partner. Well, that's Sean, but you know, <laughs> Francis Ngannou's not um, doing that I because think, he knows he could kill a man. I think there's, it's that train, that type of training probably benefits referees more if they, they allow him to be the third man. In I would the cage think so. During a, uh, a sparring session. For sure. Um, another thing I think would help would actually be to take, to make it less vague to say, Hey, make the criteria. But especially when it comes to 10-8s and 10-9s. So don't say, hey, you can go 10-8 if you check these two. Right. But you don't have to. No, it should be, if you check these two, you go there. Yeah. Like just just very- Lifts the lid. I think so. Uh, you know, remove some subjectivity from it. Um, And I like the, you know, just 
but they talk to each other so much. I mean, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing. When you're talking about training, like the one thing I wanted to say to you is the fact, and you know this, Mm -hmm. you know this very well. A lot of the judges are in in contact. They have, you know, chat groups and things like that. And and, and, and they'll communicate to each other like, hey, I had this fight. Let me know what you think of this. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I heard about this fight. What do you guys think? You know, I guess more in in more of an official capacity. So you want, I suppose you would want say like just for for argument's sake, like Jeff Mullen, who runs uh, Nevada now, a former judge. Have him like take control of like let's say okay all of my Nevada officials I would like you guys to watch this fight this week or something like that is right that, like so, is that an example so yeah when I was a lifeguard we have every Monday we'd have in service training mm-hmm. so to go through you know just to refresh everything oh that makes sense this You're is trying you... to guard lives right yeah so I mean so I'm not saying like it has to be every week but. Maybe every month they get together on Zoom or something. And they go over a couple of questionable fights. I, I like wouldn't. We hate, do. I wouldn't hate that. So, or but, but really, but again, they again in, in an official capacity, a lot of them still do that. It really comes. You're right, but it it comes down to the pay because you got to get more people into the sport. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, you got to navigate people's full time jobs. Like not everybody has the same mm-hmm. job. I have a weird set of hours compared to you. You know. And I I would like to see more shadowing at the higher level. Yeah. So. Yeah, that would be nice. Um. Yeah, did you have anything else, or, or should I go into mine? No, you can go into yours, and I'll probably think of some other things. No, that's fine. For and, your ideas. And, of course, you can interject, by the way. Um, but, yes, yeah, so, uh, you already touched upon this a little bit, but, like, tweaks to the criteria. Um, first off, I do think that a version of CSJ scoring could legitimately help, um, because I talk about this with officials. If some of the officials know this, um, they need more tools, in my opinion. I, I think to just say, here's a nine, and, you know, once in a while, you can use an eight. It's just not enough. Like there's, you're asking judges to watch a fight and say, okay, how much, how, what was the impact behind this punch compared to this punch compared to this punch? There are a billion degrees of punches, but when they're supposed to score the whole round, there are two degrees, but really only one degree of a round. And, and that just doesn't make any sense to me. I think you need to be able to differentiate them more. Yeah. Well, 10 is always going to be the widest, but there's no reason it can't be narrowed. Yeah, no, I, so. I agree. And that's why I'm, I'm maybe less less in favor of the uh the razor thin margin that the guy was kind of suggesting before mm-hmm. i i really do think there is some merit to csj and obviously we're biased we created this thing and, and it's not that different from it's it's not like there there's the we're the only people who've ever suggested something like this but this, yeah. you know this particular way we phrase it a version of it i think could be workable and i you don't even have to do much changing you're not you're not adding half points you're not processing legislation you're just saying hey we have these tools let's make them more usable uh also, a more a more clear illustration of effective grappling. We yeah. spoke about that yep. one. I'd like that. Um, the the suggestion you had given before too. Um, when you just said your ideas, I'm am I blanking now because it's oh the, the, the to, to to make it <laughs> to make it not just an option to make it the yes. only option. Yes, thank you. That one that was a, that was a good idea. Um, also, more clearly illustrate when judges should be using that secondary and tertiary. Uh, level of criteria that, because it's not that's it's a not, broadcasting issue i think you, uh, you know what i still feel like because we have let's say jj ferraro who actually cited the second and third levels of criteria and then there was discussion on the csac call saying how often is this used and most of the veteran officials were like yeah pretty much never um a lower level judge may lower level a a less experienced judge may be confused about that and well, that's that... probably a failing on the wording of the criteria i think it probably ought to be listen judges don't really go to this it doesn't really happen that often like you're not going to see it but there are certain scenarios in which it could play out and obviously they want to leave it vague but i think they could come up with better ways yeah i, I kind of I, I agree there i think i think the secondary and third levels are meant to be used 
in low output rounds. I don't think they're meant. I think in these high output rounds, you should be able to find someone. I think, and maybe that's, that's the saying. wording that needs to be placed yeah. in there. Is we're, we're only talking about these when there's low output, you know, less yeah. action, like when you need something mm-hmm. else, not because you can't. Because this guy landed 50 strikes, this one landed, you know, maybe 48. We're not really sure which way we go there, so I'll go uh, the guy who was coming forward a little bit more. The language they like to use so. in the criteria when it comes to a lot of this stuff is like, it should be used not very often or that kind of thing, mm-hmm. or this should be the most thing. But like, just to say a scenario like like we're saying, you shouldn't go to the secondary or tertiary criteria unless it's a low output round. I don't think that that's, that, that still leaves things very vague. I think it makes sense because then if that was in there, Judge Ferraro could not have cited that. He would have had to pick a winner based on mm-hmm. the actual impact uh, and, and weighing the more uh, immediately impactful yes. strikes landed in that fight. Which And that's another thing where you can weed, weed out the stronger uh, officials. Because mm-hmm. that was that was a suggestion, right? We did go. We went over I, I believe that so, one was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, another one I had was a kind of better explanations of the criteria application uh, at the start of and during USC events, we kind of touched upon this a little bit. Um, better educated commentators um, have a respected ex-official on on the broadcast team as well. But realistically, if you're just making sure that like John Anik is explaining uh, more clearly, especially what we're talking about, that second and tertiary mm-hmm. criteria. Now, John does a great job, and, and I think. I think he does a great job of trying to relay a lot of this stuff, but I think there's room for improvement, and that's where we're talking about mm-hmm. making sure that people understand we're not using secondary or tertiary. It's really just judges aren't going to do it unless it's a staring contest. It's just not going to happen, and that's why we need the language in the criteria to make that more clear for John to be able to make clear for people at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a big important step, and I think it would help a lot. Um, I mean, every little bit counts, you know? Uh, better seats. I think for the judges would be important. No door panels. We've talked yeah, about this before on the show. I know, I know. I know. I started tracking that last year, but it it seemed the descent percentage didn't really yeah really differ. I, I so. wonder how much it really does impact, but I, that we would be able to notice. But mm-hmm. I still think that there's something to putting judges in a position to succeed. Yes, you, you don't. Know? I mean, there's no reason two two judges should be on door panel mm-hmm. and one, and only for one a UFC a, event. Yeah, and only one gets a clear. So. I feel pretty strongly about that one. I think that's a reasonable expectation that we could be able to have that um, happen. Uh, multiple angle monitors, I think, would be interesting. So, like, the judges have monitors at the seats at the UFC level. Um, it's always provided. You can't have this in the, you know, in every promotion. But mm-hmm. what it would be nice if there was, like, let's say there was, like, always a fixed camera at, like, each corner or each post or whatever that just sat there, right? Mm-hmm. And it didn't move around at all. It was just fixed, and the judges could have access to that. So let's say that they were you know, impacted just a little bit. They could look down if they needed to quick glance it or something, and they know that the cameraman's not going to move away. Mm-hmm. He's not going to do anything like right. that, and it's fixed. The, the fixed element okay. is really important to this. I, I do have, since you brought that up, I just thought of something. What's that? Ray-Ban now makes these glasses that records. Interesting. What if, just as a part of an educational tool, to even review amongst commissions, these judges were these these uh glasses so now you see exactly what they see mm-hmm. and then you would have it's a ref cam but judge cam judge cam yeah <laughs> i mean they're, i mean they're not going all over the place running around like right, right 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 so probably, and this would you're saying this would only be internally you could just use it wouldn't internally. necessarily be what we no, would watch at home i mean i would love if it was part of fight pass because then we can <laughs> then we can actually get a, a, a great view of exactly what he saw and then we can prove once and for all that the judges are not looking at their phones oh we can do that some yes. people think yes <laughs> Oh, is he looking at his phone? <laughs> Jerks. Um, better pay. 
of course. Uh, yeah, we of course, we, we yeah. mentioned that. That's I think we've covered that one. Uh, improved commissions. I've kind of talked about that a bit. You know, I, I think what we really need is, I don't know if this is perfect. I don't know how officials are going to feel about this, but allow officials to explain their scores to a commission and then allow the commission to relay that info. So the judge doesn't have to be the one who's going out there putting out a statement. Yes. I, but allow someone who works with the Nevada State Athletic Commission, for example, to put out something that it says this this was the rationale given by the by a judge, and they can at least vet that information to make sure mm-hmm. that a judge isn't saying anything that's going to make them, you know, go off the handle or get in trouble or anything like that. I think that there's that would be some sort of transparency there. Like a spokesperson for the commission. Sure. For the judge. But you can just have them shape the statement either, because that's that's obviously problem problematic too. Um it, it's it's a tricky thing. So I understand there's there's kind of a touch and go there. But I I do think that if people were able to get an explanation from the judges, because I look, you and I we talk to judges, they'll give us explanations and we can't we're we're you know, we agree to not share those explanations. Right. But when we get them even in rounds where we're like, Gee, I don't know, like at least they kind of explain it in a way that's like, all right, I, I can understand that. That makes some sense. And I think uh, on the whole, that would actually help a lot of people. Kaposa in particular seems to be thinking that would be a, a big help. I think it'd be in a minority of people where other people would just be like, oh my God, this guy, this explanation makes no sense. Well, to yeah, me. a lot of the people t- would too, but like it's not going to change much. If, if, if I think it would normalize it if it was always done and if it was always done through the commission at least. That's that's at least an official statement there. I, I, I don't hate it, um, but I understand why a lot of officials probably aren't going to like that. So um, but ultimately, I just there needs to be better communication between the commission and the, and the people. So that would be help. I'm, I'm my thinking is too like it wouldn't have to come out the night of the fight. Put it on mm-hmm. Monday. It, you know, have like a, a month, like the two minute report for basketball doesn't come out that night. It comes out the next day. Yeah. Let, you know, let, let, let everyone simmer down first mm-hmm. then give them the explanation when they're, you know. They've already accepted they lost their bet and stuff like that. I, I also feel like commission-wise, state commissions aren't cutting it. I think we need a federal body. That is that is something that's been shared to me by officials before, and I, I right, think that's I think the right there's way. still there's still four versions of of rules that are going around. I think as far as you know, what's what constitutes a downed opponent. Well, yeah, there's that like too. That. It's, it's it's all totally fractured with that stuff as well. But I I think federally speaking, if you had that kind of thing, you would be able to at least work with every judge uh, more directly, and I think that would help develop them better. I think at that point they probably would have one of those uh, schools. Sure, I would think so. Um, I don't know if we're ever going to see that. No, 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 I I I have no expectations of it, but I I would like to see it. Yeah, a lot, a lot of these are not viable. Like, we're talking about viability. Some of them really aren't viable, but I, I do think they'd be interesting. And then the last one I had, and I think this pretty much wraps up the topic here. So we're almost, in, we're basically in the home stretch. Um, better education among media. I say that as media. I've said that before. I'll say it again. All media members really ought to do their due diligence and really understand the way criteria is applied. So that doesn't just mean read the document. I mean, reach out to officials. If you've never, if you're, if you're part of MMA media and you've never, spoken to a working official just about the idea behind why certain things are are scored the way they are or worded the way they are in the criteria and, and how you've that applies called for their head. That, well especially if that but no there there's just a lack of understanding once we started to get that we uh, we became a lot more educated too um you and me in particular sir i used to have some really strong opinions you did that come off not. them yes I have. you have your own strong opinion i have strong opinions i have different uh, strong opinions yes, now 
I have a have strong opinions. A too. more educated opinion, I I would say. I would think so too. A very learned man, you. I yeah. <laughs> you've got the you've got the the beard of wisdom going on. Yes, now. it brings <laughs> it brings greatness. It me. does indeed. Uh, but yeah. that is it for this deep dive, very deep dive into a time. I don't think we've ever had a longer show than this. Sir. No, we 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 went in. I mean, you guys gave us a lot of material. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think this this is like ex- as exhaustive as could possibly get. And, if, to be honest, <laughs> if if we had our original plan for this, this show would have went quite much longer. I think. What was the original plan? To have a third. Uh, oh third yes, one, that's right. We were gonna, we were going to have a third guest on this one. It didn't quite work out timing wise, and we'll we'll spare the name. Um, but we we were very excited to be able to do that. Just timing wise, uh, mm-hmm. especially on my end, this week did not work. Um, I had. A very busy week working on, uh, I alluded to this before, I have a feature story, a very long, like a media, um, excuse me, a magazine length story on Aljamain Sterling that's going to be coming out on New York Post's Post Sports Plus platform. Uh, it's kind of like a subscription thing. Pretty sure you could sign up for uh, a free trial. So I encourage you to do at least that. Read my story. You don't want to stick around. I'm not going to make you. But read my story, because I worked very hard on it, and, and I hope you guys uh, would enjoy it. Um, <laughs> is the book a thing now? Is the book a thing? What yes. Book? I saw you tweet something that you said, oh, you think oh, you might be oh. able to write a full book after this? It was more the idea behind the fact that I, I wrote as many words as I did in a day, and I'm like, wow, I really did that? Okay. <laughs> Maybe I could write a book. Do you count them with your finger on the screen? Yes. I one, sit there and one, two, <laughs> seven thousand eight. No. <laughs> This this particular story was about fifty one hundred words, but in like a Word document or Google Doc or whatever, there's just like a word counter okay. fidget thing. I mean, we can we can do a lot now, sir. I remember in high school you tried to stretch everything out. Like, I have to be this many <laughs> words, and you're just trying to think to make the longest possible sentences. Well, I always thought for that it was more like you were going for like page counts. Okay. Yeah, I think you're you're writing to like you got to write it like three page paper, and that was how you were doing it. Okay. Uh, no, for for this, I'm not trying to be overly wordy. It's just I covered a lot of bases when it comes to Aljamain's. Uh, you kind of had to for this article. I had to set it up, especially for kind of more casual readers who or casual fight fans who maybe don't really understand even the 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 situation that Aljamain was in. So I had to really break it out and that kind of thing. But also, I think I got some interesting kind of insights into his mind, his mindset set where he comes from um i think i th- I think it came out pretty solid so we'll, right. see, we'll see keep an eye out for that on tuesday i'll be tweeting it um and he's of course fighting at ufc 273 which sets us up for the uh the ufc 273 preview and let, let's start actually with the the main title fight here the top billing one which is alexander volkanovsky against chan sung jung for the featherweight title sir yes. what do you think of this fight we got alexander volkanovsky's only 2022 fight coming up this weekend <laughs> he might fight again dude. Um, chill no. You are uh, unkind to that man. I like him. He's a good fighter, but he only <laughs> fights once a year. So I don't, I just, I don't like the opponent for it. I, I wish they waited for I Holloway. I know you don't want Zombie um, to have it. Not that I don't have anything against Zombie. I just I would prefer Holloway getting the opportunity again. Um, I see Volkanovski winning this one rather easily. I do think he's probably going to run away with a decision here. I don't know. I don't see a finish. I think Zombie's really tough. And... Well, yeah, so he's a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> tough to finish. He's been finished, of course, but um, yeah, I, I I could see Volkanovski winning a pretty clear decision. Here. Volkanovski decision, no drama. Now this one's a little trickier. Uh, Sterling, Mister Sterling, who we were just talking about, is fighting against Peter Yan for the undisputed bantamweight title. He had he has the I guess regular title, and Peter Yan won the interim title while 
Aljamain was recovering from neck surgery. And of course, everyone knows the the weird way in which Aljamain won the belt was because of a, an illegal knee that was thrown by uh, Peter Yan in round four, near the very end of round four, in a fight he was going to, I mean, at the very least, he would have gotten round four on the judges' cards as well, so he definitely would have been up. Now, I was talking with officials too, Dan, about this fight in particular, and it was explained to me, and I think Big John more or less touched on this at the time too, it was okay for Mark Smith to call this a DQ. By the book, he's allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Another option would have been to go to a technical decision at this point, even in round four, late in round four. Mm-hmm. And if he had done that, there would have been a mandatory mandatory loss of points, probably two points mm-hmm. for Peter Yan. So if that was the case, and if he was going to be up two points after round four, which is how it would have been, Sterling won round two. They actually would, won they, round they one on one of the cards. They would have had to turn in a score for four. So it would, he it would have it would have easily been able to turn in a score for round so, four because we we had a clear winner of that round at that point. So it would have been a nine eight for Aljo. It would have been a nine eight round for Aljo. Yeah. Okay. But really, when it comes down to it, you're just talking about uh, on two judges' cards. Yan won three out of four rounds, but he lost two points. So it comes down to a draw on those two cards, and then it would be. Uh, and he was Sterling up on, was up on the other one. He was up on another card uh, by two rounds, so he would have been up by three rounds on that judges' card. Well, one judge gave two rounds. I'm forgetting off the top of my head which judge, but one judge had it. T- it would have had it tied essentially through four rounds without the deduction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It would, so it would have been a majority right. draw with Sterling getting the, the 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 fight on one judge's card. Okay. So that's really what we're talking about here, and and you know it's more like what would have been the more elegant solution for this situation? Should it have been a DQ? Should it have been a technical decision? I understand there are a lot of people in the officiating committee who feel like a tech decision could have been a, a better choice here and a draw so that Pirian doesn't get the win but he still gets to keep the belt. What's the reason for not having it one way to do it? That I Is don't there? know. That yeah. I don't know. I think it's just in the rules you can kind of use your judgment to go one way or the other. I think it's it's more just left to at the referee's discretion if I understand I guess correctly. something like this because this foul was just so egregious yeah. that I guess a DQ does make sense. But say it was an accidental low blow that a fighter couldn't recover from. Then maybe you go to the technical decision after the point deduction. Yeah, it's a tough thing. Um, I mean, the the weird thing about this, this position here, too, in, in the fight is that Aljamain picks up his hand. He had already he put his hand down to ground himself after a missed takedown, right? Mm-hmm. So he put his hand down, grounded fighter. Mark Smith sells grounded. He also puts his knee down. Then Aljo picks up the hand. But his knee is still down, mm-hmm. so that he's still grounded. Now, if Peter Yan is not entirely aware, and this is on him, it, it's, right? It's no matter him. what, it's on him. No one, no one's. I'm not making excuses for Peter Yan. He, what he did was stupid and, and lack of aware, lacked awareness. But if he is missing that that disconnect there, potentially, maybe he throws it thinking that he was actually in the right to do it. But it was a blatantly illegal strike. It doesn't matter. Like, it, it, the way think, it went, think doesn't even... matter what your intention is. It's still there. That's why intent is is kind of always that tricky word, right? I, we, I think Ken McDonald explained that to yeah. us on the show a couple of years ago. Is it? It's not necessarily you're saying I want to foul him. You're saying I wanted to throw that strike. Yes, I intended to throw that strike. Did you mean for it to be illegal, or did it just happen to be illegal whether you knew it or not? Doesn't matter. It's still it's still thrown with intent. You meant to throw it. And land, as opposed to you know, a, a, like a like a low kick, like you're saying, mm-hmm. a low, you know, kick to the nuts. Uh, did you mean for it to <laughs> land there? No, 
you were trying to throw something else. It just happened to go there. But anyway, that that's kind of the the lay of the land of that situation, which I don't think will play out again. So what do you think is actually going to happen? In the- uh, I think it'll be a competitive fight. Uh, Very definitive. I don't think that up until round four, Sterling was he lost a lot of steam. And up until the DQ, he was he, he was, was losing, losing steam. Pretty, by, by the time round three comes around, he's already like pretty fading. handily. He I says mean, it was because of malnutrition, or not malnutrition, poorly managed nutrition that day. That's his reason. I mean, it was such a fast-paced first round and second round mm-hmm. that I think I, I kind of I'm leaning on Sterling. I think Sterling's going to win here. I think he can win a decision. I think he can win by submission as well. Uh, I think That's bold. I think also we can say Peter Yan just destroys him as possible too. Sure. But I'm going to go with Aljamain Sterling round four submission okay rear that's, naked that choke. is bold that is bold i'm i think I, i'm going to see say peter yan wins it i think it's actually going to be a very close decision that's how i see it going here's the thing i've seen sterling sub some really high level guys on a regional like high level jujitsu guys on a regional level and i just have that that um that bias in my head sure so that, that's that's where that's coming you do love from. your cffc guys like I've seen the guy be so dominant, so it kind of just I kind of just have that stuck in my head that he's going to do it again. But I think it will be very competitive, and I'm going to pick him. Okay. This is of course in Jacksonville, Florida. We will have Florida yeah, will commission in charge. You will be there. That's true. I will I be in attendance. I am the fourth judge to that one guy's um suggestion. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what you're going to think of your seating position <laughs> based on your ability to score a fight. I am going to score fights from my seat on Twitter. Maybe where where are you sitting? By the way, I'm in section 113. So like lower so, bowl, I guess. Somewhere. Lower bowl, um, probably with like a terrible midway. View. No, I think I got a good view. You think so? I'm, okay. I'm, I'm on, the, I'm on the side. I spent enough money for it, so I better have a good view. <laughs> um, I made sure I wasn't on the floor because I think floor seats, unless you're row one or two, are probably absolute awful. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Um, yes. so yeah, we're elevated. I hope I can see nicely into the cage and get a good view. And of course, the judges uh, for this one, being Florida, typically Florida for a UFC event, they'll bring in some of the better traveling judges aren't better. Some of the very experienced traveling judges is what I mean. And then they'll also bring in some of their, I guess, more well-regarded um, judges yeah. in the state of Florida, that, in their opinion, at the very least. Like uh, Troy Winkapal. Troy, Troy Winkapal. I would I would be surprised if, yeah, uh, Barry Luxembourg, Luxembourg and, and Troy Winkapal were not on this one. I don't know what they're doing this weekend, but, I mean, they, they traditionally are, so I have no reason to expect otherwise. Mm. Um, probably Chris Lee is a Florida guy. I'm sure he'll be there. Um, it's, is Sal D'Amato not going to work a Florida event? Probably not. I'm sure he's there. Catch him on the beach afterwards. Yeah, maybe. Just chilling. Maybe, maybe he'll go to the beach. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Um, just fly back home. <laughs> it'll it, it'll be solid judging though. I'm I'm I don't I don't I have no reservations about it like I do when they go to Texas, Oof. especially Houston. But what other fights on this card are, are of interest to you, sir? I mean Hamza Chamayev and Gilbert Who? Burns. Who's that? Hamzat Chamayev. Never heard of him. Never heard of him? No. Darren Till's new bestie? I've never heard of that. <laughs> uh, oh, he has a friend? That's great. Yeah. I'm glad that Darren has a friend. <laughs> They're everywhere. They are. They are. It's funny. Uh, what do you think of that one against Gilbert Burns? Jeez. I, I, here's what. Here's my true thoughts. Okay. I'm putting money I on- I like those. I'm putting Gilbert Burns- I'm putting money on Gilbert Burns because it's just such a disrespectful line. What is the line? <laughs> I think he's like plus 400. Okay. Which is kind of absurd. But also, what Chemayev has done to his opponents up to this point is kind of absurd. If he takes Gilbert Burns, walks him across the cage like he did the leech, talking to Dana White, He's telling him yang, yeah. craziness, and then just chokes him out. I mean, the guy's for real at that. I mean, he is for real. He is it, for real. But like, 
to do it to to this high level of opponent, that would be uh, like just book Usman him now. Skip Leon again. Like, <laughs> what what can he say? I think you can you can let him wait until the end of the year. But yeah, I do think I think yeah, if he goes out there and he wins impressively, and I look, I I have a lot of I have a lot of regard for Gilbert Burns, but Gilbert Burns is a former lightweight, um, and Kamzat is someone who realistically at some point could be competing at light heavyweight down the line. I I could see that for him. That's a big jump, though. You think you can get that that fat? That fat? I don't know. I don't know. I could see it. I really could. If his, if I'm not saying he's going to anytime soon, but like he's got a big frame. Oh, he did. You know, for sure. and that's why I think ultimately welterweight may not be very long for him, and he might move up to middleweight sooner than later. That's just my my two cents. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think he's probably going to win. I think he's going to be pretty impressive, uh, Jemayev. And I think you okay. have to give him the next shot after okay. after. Uh, Leon Edwards. But um, the, just let's let them fight. Just get it over with. I'm hoping to see something crazy and awesome. That's really my prediction. Okay. Uh, we also have Mackenzie Dern going against Tisha Torres uh, at 115 pounds. I am supposed to be talking to, I mean, this is past tense at this point because you're listening on Monday, but I had a uh, interview scheduled with Mackenzie for Sunday for my post-fight interview for the week. So you, we don't know it now, but you will know it by then, the time you're listening. It's kind of past and for future tense. That's right. Yeah. I occupy all time, <laughs> all at once. Uh, so look out for that on Wednesday. She is, yeah, she's got Tisha Torres. What do you think of that one? I think she'll get back in the win column, Mackenzie Dern. Sub, decision. Mm, knee bar. DQ. Knee bar. Knee bar, okay. Round I, two. I'm going to say decision. I, Tisha's hard to finish, uh, but I will say Mackenzie Dern. Not wins. with a knee bar. <laughs> I mean, she's won before that way. Uh, Ian Gary, I'm looking forward to him. He is back in the cage for the second time in the UFC. He's got uh, Darian Weeks. They're bringing him along slow at 170. Um, I like the kid. I, I think he's got room to grow, especially in uh, striking defense. But at this level, uh, he I think he should still be able to shine. So I'm going to say Ian Gary by round two TKO. All right. I'm going to remember this, Scott. I like this kid um, for when he turns into... Uh, the second coming of Conor McGregor, <laughs> and you hate him. But yes, I'm also going to agree with Ian Gary, TKL round one. Fair enough. Uh, Julio Arce, who was actually the sub- my most recent subject of the post-fight interview. He's a Queens guy, so okay. very local for the New York Post. Uh, he's going against Daniel Santos, so I, I got to shout him out because he was on my, uh, on yeah. my part of my uh, weekly feature. Uh, what do you think for him? Well, I don't know if you know much about either of them to be honest no i like arce arce's been around yeah uh so it's daniel santos's first uh his ufc debut and so. he's been delayed a few times I, I know i typically go against debuts though i do yeah i i also do and especially he hasn't actually had a fight in like three years or two and a half years or so but it's just also because of delays but it's also a uh gross what <laughs> i had some on my nose nice i didn't see it but <laughs> yeah. okay um you could have gotten away without telling anyone <laughs> I, I got to go with experience here. I'm going to go Julio Arce. I will as well. I'm going to say Arce. I'm going to say decision, but I think it, it'll be it'll be fun striking. I, I understand Santos Lighter is kind of a spinning. Guys. He's kind of a spinning guy. I mean, the thing is bantamweight and feather and flyweight, the finishes are, it, it's kind of weird. You get more at, at bantam than you do at fly. Interesting. Even though they're not that much. Probably bigger. just the makeup of the divisions, maybe yeah, more wrestlers. Or something. I don't really yeah. know. Um, anything else, sir? Well, yeah. New Jersey's on the card, Mickey Gall. So you're incredibly biased here. 
Um, You're not a journalist, so you can do what you want. I don't yeah, care. Well, Mickey, I yeah. wouldn't do that, but, you know, that's fine. Mickey Gall, is uh, he's going to win this. I don't even know he's fighting. He's just going to destroy whoever he's fighting against? Yeah, rear naked winner, choke. Winner by murder? Rear naked choke, first round. Okay. Who, uh, who's he even fighting? Uh, I, I actually, know. can you pull that up really quick? Because I don't have that. He is fighting. Where is he? Oh, Kay Hansen's also on this car. She's back at 115. Who's she fighting? She's fighting. Um, she should be at 15. Pierre Rodriguez. Okay. Uh, Mickey Gall is fighting Mike Mallett, who is uh, also making his UFC debut. I will pick Mickey just because I don't know that much about but I'm going to say Mickey. I'm going to say Mickey sub round two. Okay. That's good. Mickey Gall round two. Dan, that was a long one, but we are done. Thanks for everyone for listening. Yeah, I think we hit two hours. That is wild. This will probably be the first and last time we'll do that. But I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you appreciated uh, the thought that went into a lot of these suggestions. And I hope you realized that some of them were terrible. Yes, there was, there was a lot of terribleness there. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week and enjoy, uh, enjoy the pay-per-view. Thanks, everyone.